Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Following the biggest off-season of moves and acquisitions by General Manager Howie Roseman, the expectations of this city have never been higher. Welcome to the 2022 Panla Hockey Postgame Show on 6ABC.com and across the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, exclusively presented by Panla Hockey Giordano. Live from the Gallery Bar. Booking games inside Ocean Casino Resort. Let's get this post-game show underway. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Pond La Hockey Eagles post-game show live at Ocean Casino. And there is so much to unpack in this game. I'm Mike Bissonelli with Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney will join us later. So the big question coming in was how would they respond, the Eagles, after the aura of invincibility was kind of taking a shot last week with the loss. And the answer was they didn't respond very well until late in the game when they needed to respond. And Jalen Hurts took it uh, under his own wing to win this game. Gets the uh, quarterback draw touchdown that turns out to be the game-winning touchdown and made a couple of big plays a little earlier to get them back in the game, including a touchdown pass to Quez Watkins. Meanwhile, it was a good damn thing they played the Indianapolis Colts because the Colts squandered five, five situations where they could have taken control in this game, and it wound up biting him in the end. And we'll talk about all this flip and flop in the fourth quarter, back and forth. Guys, it's a win, and um, they, they did not get bludgeoned on the ground. But they had to survive here. So what does it all mean? Derek? Well, you know, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And two plays define the outcome of this game. The Colts kicker missed the one field goal, which would have given them 19 points. And, of course, the Eagles get the big 39-yard penalty, which set up the game-winning score. You know, sometimes you, you have to rely on luck, Seth, a little bit more so than just overall talent. And, you know, we were talking about this up in the green room also. Um, each and every week we're starting to identify the teams are starting to figure out what the Philadelphia Eagles are trying to do off offensively, which is kind of diffusing a lot of what they do with those explosive plays. Well, the adjustment that the Eagles made in the second half, you know, to your point, what you're talking about is, you know, they, they were bringing Zach Paschal the last couple of weeks, and when they really put the Dallas Cowboys in conflict, specifically talking about Micah Parsons. Yeah. They would go read option, and they'd bring uh, Dallas Goddard across the formation. So now, 
Michael Parsons had a choice. You either take Dallas Goddard or you take Jalen Hurts. You take Jalen Hurts, Jalen throws it to Dallas. You take Dallas, Jalen keeps the ball and runs with it. Well, Indianapolis had an adjustment for it. And, you know, early in the game, they stopped them on, um, I think they turned it over on downs. They stopped them yeah. on third down, then they stopped them on fourth down. The same type of play. Well, the remedy in the second half for the Philadelphia Eagles was to put the game on Jalen Hurts' leg because he's the one guy that you can't account for, you know, on the defensive side of the ball when he decides to run the ball, you know. So it was really, it really was a smart decision. And it was a difference in the game, the difference between them winning and losing the game, the legs of Jalen Hurts. Um. Yeah, let's look over a couple things that, that, that turned back and forth on this. Now, uh, there, there was a sequence, which is the most important sequence of the game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, churning for a first down, gets stripped. And the Eagles got a major. That was a big swing. And what happens is that Hurts hits A.J., who also gets stripped. And at that point, the Colts really had a chance to put them away there. Right. They got the ball at the 34, and they didn't. And I'm, I'm just looking at the five advantages that they had in this game. First of all, they got only six points out of those advantages. They had a fumble that only resulted in three that they recovered. There was a fourth and ten that the Eagles failed on when they decided not to try a 56-yard field goal in and indoors, and that led to a punt. The Colts punted it away. The missed field goal right after they got good field position. They had a first and goal in the fourth quarter. They only got three points out of that. And, of course, the disastrous pass interference penalty where Miles Sanders just gets tackled. Zaire Franklin just got beat and panicked and tackles the receiver. And that, that just really handed the Eagles a situation where they could win this game. Otherwise, we're looking at a loss. Yeah, there's no question about it. But the bottom line is somehow, someway, they, they found a way to pull this thing out. And, and I agree with Seth. You know, the Colts did a really good job of taking away the Eagles' deep threats in the passing game. So finally in the second half, Shane Steichen, Nick Sirianni said, okay, if you're going to do that, then we've got to put it in our quarterback. Look at how many times Jalen Hurst went back and patted the ball, rolled outside, had nowhere to go with it, and then threw it out of bounds. They said, okay, you want to do that? Here's what we're going to do. So they had Jalen Hurst step up, take off. I mean, he ended up with 16 carries, 86 yards rushing. He's your leading rusher by necessity. And, you know, we talked week in and week out about this team having so many different ways they can beat you. And luckily, just in the nick of time, they figured out this is the way we have to attack a pretty good Colts defense. This is what we are going to have to use if we're going to have a measure of success trying to beat this team. Hey, Mike, I'm going to say this, okay? Football is such a fickle game when it comes to wins and losses. You know, they were that close to coming back and winning that game last week. They were this close, you could say, maybe to losing the game this week. But they, this week they found a way to get done what they couldn't get done because of the turnovers last week. So I'm not going to beat them up. I'm not going to talk about, you know, how sloppy the game looked, you know, how, how much I actually question the play calling on the offensive side of the ball where I'm going to tip my cap to Jonathan Gannon because there were certain times tonight where today I should say where he he was aggressive. He actually yeah. brought some pressure yeah. and forced Matt Ryan's hands in some situations. Let's talk a little bit about that, Seth, because everybody was worried all throughout the Delaware Valley right here at this table about their inability to stop the run, that something had to change. Now, they, they bring in Linville Joseph and Sue, and they just saw a lot of snaps, and they were fairly effective. Uh, but, but what did they do to shackle – 
Jonathan Taylor came out like a maniac early on. Then they shut it down really almost completely. They couldn't run between the tackles at all. What were they doing to stop the run? Listen, the, the Eagles cannot stop the run. They cannot stop the run in their four-man front. Okay, let's, let's, the, the linebackers are no, lost. No question. The linebackers are lost, and the defensive tackles aren't sure how to, how to play the double teams. But every time they get in the five-man front and then they drop the guy in the box, now you got a seven- or eight-man box. So that means that there's a free hitter somewhere. Whether you're talking about two linebackers on the field with five down linemen or whether you're talking about one linebacker and a safety in the box, you always have a free hitter, you know, and those guys, are, they're attacking, they're attacking the line of scrimmage. Conversely, against the four-man front, the linebackers don't look like they really know where they need to be in those, in those circumstances. So you talked about Sue and you talked about Joseph, and everybody was wondering, oh, how much are they going to play? And I, I talked to Derek Gunn and Mark Farzetta about it in the pregame show. I'm like, listen. There's no reason for these guys not to come in here and play right now. They're fresh, okay? They, you don't have to be in shape. It's not like they're a linebacker or a DB. They got to run all over the place. I said, if those guys got to run more than 10 yards, we got a problem anyway. Right. All they got to do is, you know, come off the ball and stuff somebody at the line of scrimmage and help these linebackers get in the backfield and make some tackles. And that's exactly what they did. Now, put them in a cold tub. Give them some rest next week. Only give them two days of practice and get them ready to do it all over again. You do not need to over, you know, train these guys thinking you got to get them in some type of shape. They're in football shape. They have played a lot of football in their career. They know what to do. And this is nonsensical to think that those guys couldn't walk in in week 10 and just play. They just showed you that they could. It, it, you made it sound just now like a simple fix. They, they find me, man, line drop a guy down. Uh, they seem to be unable to figure that out uh, against no. the run this year. No, you, you, you know what the problem is? You know what the conflict with, with Jonathan Gannon is? He knows that he has to play the five-man front in order to control the run. But he doesn't like the five-man front because it leaves him one less guy on the back end. Right. So from a coverage standpoint, they're weaker. But against the run, they're extremely, you know, they're extremely strong. So what he wants to do is he wants to ensure on first and second down that he gets you in third and long so when he goes the four-man line, he doesn't have to worry about you running the ball. See, that's, that's where they got hurt last week. They, they just kept coming up in third and two, third and three, third and one. Well, the minute they put the four-man line on the field, they just turn around, hand the ball off, convert the third down. Yeah. You get a whole new set. Derek, the, the offense looked like it didn't have much continuity. They, they did, Miles Sanders, again, they really didn't utilize him consistently in the first half. Um, he only had 13 carries and 47 yards in this game. Why did they, they look so discombobulated offensively? I think it's because of the way Indianapolis played them. I mean, we forget Indianapolis is number one of the top five defenses in the league, and they've been playing much of the season without their two best players in Shaquille Griffin, who's now out for the season after having a second back surgery in five months, and Kawiti Pay. And, you know, what? give, give kudos to, to Gus Bradley and John Fox on that side of the football in terms of how they schemed it. So, And, and we also talk about, Mike, how each and every week, Teams seem to be getting better and better at figuring out what the Eagles are trying to do offensively, which is forcing the Eagles to adjust, and it's taking them that much longer to adjust in a lot of situations. Prime example today, going into this game, I said, I want to see what they do with Stephon Gilmore, and sure enough, 
they had him on A.J. Brown for much of this afternoon, and that was a little bit bigger struggle. And we don't know how bad A.J. Brown's ankle was really bothering him going into this game as well. But when you have superior personnel like the Eagles, of course they were minus Dallas Goddard, and that was huge, not having a Dallas Goddard. You still have enough weapons, a way to figure out a team that's in transition with a new coach that's not expected to do a whole lot, but they're playing at home after coming off a big win on the road. And they played, they played a tough game. I, you heard me say time and time again, I thought Indianapolis was spending too much time playing not to lose instead of continuously attacking this Eagles defense. Yeah, I totally agree. And to be fair, the Colts were pretty good against the run coming into this game. They were second in the league holding teams to 3.2 yards per, per carry. Uh, and they displayed that against the run. And you know, like they, uh, their, their pass rush wasn't supposed to be great. I, and I thought Jalen had a lot of time to throw back there. Yeah. And uh, But they finally, you know, we're talking about this one, how can they get this offense going? You put it in the quarterback's hands at this point. You let him do what he does. And that's what they did in the fourth quarter. Well, listen, he game. hasn't done a lot of that the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's really played the game from the pocket, you know, and distributed the ball under the circumstances over the last two weeks. This was a game where, you know, you got a defensive mind in John, in, in John Fox. You got another defensive mind in Gus Bradley. Both of these guys have been in the NFL a long time, and both of these guys have been in situations, guys, where, you know, they've been head coaches in the NFL. So they know what to do, okay? So it took the Eagles a little bit of time, but they finally realized that, hey, Today has to be that day that we need Jalen to use his legs. Now, if he wasn't a quarterback that could run, the Eagles lose this game, plain yeah. and simple, yeah. because they had no answer for anything else. You know, they had no answer for running the ball when they wanted to run it. To your point, he stood in the pocket, you know, and nobody was open. I mean, I got to see the All-22 to believe it with my own eyes, but after they turned it over four times last week, you got to believe that that was a point of emphasis, that he wasn't going to force anything that wasn't just right there wide open for him, okay? So it's one of those games where, you know, you you win by whatever means you can win by, you know, but they at the end of the day, they played complimentary football. The offense did enough, and the defense put the rest all the after the first drive, after the first drive of the game, where Indianapolis took it, what, um, 10 plays, 75 yards, you know, and ended with Jonathan Taylor punching it in for a touchdown. After that series, they went three plays, five plays, five plays, five plays, four plays, eight plays, 11 plays, and I know I'm missing a few in there, but if you just listen to those numbers, that's telling you that something clicked, something changed after that first series. And the Eagles' defense became, you know, a lot more complimentary in, in, in this win, you know, than what we've seen the last two weeks. Because we everybody wondered out loud whether this team could get over the hump when you start to think about, you know, all the teams that are coming up. And you you going into Indy's house against the, the reigning you know, AFC Offensive Player of the Year and Russian champion from last year after he just shredded the Raiders last week for 147? Hey, listen, they answered the bell, man. Yeah, with the new zip, of course, of Jeff Saturday. You know, it, uh, there's so many ups and downs in this game, and, and I just want to go over a couple of them. In, in the second half, uh, the Eagles turned the ball over. It was their sixth turnover in the last couple of games. That's when uh, uh, he got chased down by Ngakwe, and, and they got the, the, the strip and the sack there. And... Um, the, the, the Colts didn't take advantage of that. They, they only got three out of that right. because Paris Campbell had a monster drop 
by, by the sidelines. And, and then the, when their next possession, they went for it on, on fourth and ten. And, and uh, Hurts got chased down on that play. So I mean, it almost looked like they, in, until they got the pass, the touchdown pass to uh, Watkins on the cross, they, they, they were just going to be out, out of this game. I thought that play really brought them back into contention. But then you had you know, them giving it away and the Eagles giving it back. So I didn't know what to think coming down the stretch of this game. Well, think about it also, too, that the, the Eagles are coming off a short week. They were pretty nicked up coming out of that, that Washington game. You look at their injury report later in the week and how many guys are nursing ankle injuries and knee injuries, including Devonta Smith uh, and A.J. Brown. And you wonder, because later in the week when we saw the Friday injury report, all we saw is limited in practice, limited in practice, and we wondered what kind of effect that was going to have on them today. Um, so I, I still think this team is kind of licking its wounds to a certain degree. You know, we, we talked about how injuries have decimated other teams all season long and now you lose your, your top tight end your bigger weapons are starting to get nicked up a little bit but there's you know thank goodness they're still out on the football field just to show you how big of a, a loss goddard is okay you can count on him five six kept seven catches a game the tight end position had one catch this entire game today one catch so that's taking a vital weapon out of your offensive arsenal especially when the defense is taking away your deep ball so you've got to find a way to adjust and do what you can to get down the field. Now, obviously, they got a little help from the referee when they needed it the most in this case. <laughs> There's no question about that. But the bottom line is their superior talent somehow, someway found a way to outdo Indianapolis's not-so-superior talent. And, and to your point, two tight ends got two bad penalties in this game. And two, two, got, got, three. Yeah, two, three bad three, penalties. Three bad penalties. Yeah. 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 So, so that, that, that really did hurt them. So, so here they are. They're, they're now 9-1. and one. And, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how uh, when you read social media when a game like this is going on, people just are so panicky. Oh, they lost their magic. They did this. They had the magic in the end, and, and this was not a great game, not a great performance. They found a way to win, and the other team contributed to giving them that win, I thought. You know what, Mike? I, I don't want to say they lost their magic because we know you watch enough football to know when you are a good team, every week it's not going to be perfect. And as the weeks continue to go along, you're not going to have the same personnel every week to do what you need to do. And we just talked about it a few moments ago. Defenses... Uh, offenses have identified we could run the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles team, which they did for five consecutive weeks. Eagles counter by saying we need to get some more beef in the middle, which they did go out and get two of the best that were available on the open market. Um, you lost your tight end. Your, your point production is down. Teams are starting to understand how to diffuse your offense, which is, what, the highest and uh, uh, most explosive offense in the game? you got to find a way to counter. It's serve counter-serve week in and week out. And, and for the people out there who were still lamenting the face mask penalty of last week, if there was one that they missed in this game. Unbelievable. Son Reddick sacks Matt Ryan. And this is the type of, it's another one of those situations that, that the Colts squandered. They got a big play to Paris Campbell who made up for that drop uh, when he beat Josiah Scott. It was 32-yard uh, pass play, giving them first and goal. Uh, and the Eagles held there, but they held because – you know, Reddick made a sack on yeah, Matt Ryan yeah, yeah. and face masked him, and it wasn't called. It, it, it comes and goes. It all evens out. I still have concerns because Indianapolis is not a potent offense, Seth. They picked up too many second and longs, third and long situations. When you play a better opponent, that's going to come back and bite you in the behind. And 
I, I thought that they would come out still and, and dominate this team, okay? And it's somewhat concerning that this team, with a lack of top-caliber weapons, held this offense to 17 points in a game, okay? Now, you're averaging almost 28 points a game, and they were able to hold you to 17 points a game. So as we talk about how week in and week out, teams are figuring out what you're going to do, if this is going to become the norm now, because what did they score against Washington? What was it, 21, 22 points? So in the last yeah. two games, you have 21 and 17 where you were scoring 27, 28. What are you going to do to counter when you come up against that better opponent down the stretch? Well, I think, you know, the Eagles offensive staff, they certainly have to go back to the drawing board and try to figure out, you know, how you change some things. You know, they're not getting another bye week. No. They're no. not, get, they're not no. getting another mini bye. Right now, it is what it is. Okay, so you better go back to the drawing board and, you 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 know, you should have had, you know, some changes and some adjustments coming out of the bye week and making those adjustments as you go along. You know, listen, as the season goes along, we're in November. It's winning time, November, December. It's winning time. Now is the time that you begin to position yourself for the playoffs. Um, and you got to realize these, these good defensive coordinators – they're breaking down every single thing you do. Absolutely. They're looking at the numbers. They're looking at the data. They're looking at all of that stuff, you know, and a lot of it is personnel and formation driven. So in order for you to, you know, keep teams on their P's and Q's and keep coordinators, you know, up at night, you got to give them some wrinkles. You yeah, know, yeah. like like we were talking about the play where um, they were bringing Pascal across and they were trying to put the defensive end in conflict. Well, at some point in time, so now they got the guy, the, 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 the third defensive back is running across the formation with Pascal, okay? At some point in time, you know, you got to say, all right, I'm going to run him across, but I'm going to bring him back and let the, deep, let the DB overrun him and throw it back this way, throw him a screen back this way, or bring him all the way across, and instead of taking him to the flat, just take him up the field, let the DB overrun it. Those are the like, those are the key breakers. Those are the types of things that, that, that drive defensive coordinators insane because they're expecting for that guy to come across, put that defensive end in conflict, and then go to the flat right now. But when he does something else, now all of a sudden, you're, in the, you're not only in the defense coordinator's mind, you're in the player's mind because the next time that player comes running across, uh, is he going to check and go up the seam or is he going to the flat? So now you get him to slow down. You get him to slow down, now you got Pasco to the flat. Now he can pick up six, seven yards. Yeah. But you have to have those little subtle changes in your offense in order to keep coordinators, keep them honest, but at the same time, Make put some doubt in players' heads because if you show them the same picture, you show them the same picture over and over and over and over again, it just become, it becomes a reactionary thing yeah. for them, and you don't make them think. Let's talk about the defensive tackles for a minute because they they did fortify it, and and those guys saw a lot of snaps. I don't I don't have a, a snap chart here, but it seemed to me that one of the reasons they made those moves is because. They don't trust Fletcher Cox that much anymore. I mean, he was out of the game a lot, Seth, in this game. Those guys were in early, and I, I don't know how many snaps he wound up playing, but I just don't think they trust him anymore, which is one of the reasons why they brought those two guys in. Well, um, go ahead, D-Gun, because I'm going to look up some stats okay. here. I want, I want to see you, what Fletcher did you, you for had, the day. You had Fletcher Cox on Monday night playing 80% of the snaps. 
And I think it's obvious you cannot have Fletcher Cox playing 80% of your defensive snaps. He had two if, tackles. Okay, two tackles. You make one, it 14 one, million. One, one solo, two, one assist. <laughs> Fourteen, two tackles well, with fourteen mil. You can't. Yeah, you I mean, that's Mike. my point. I forget yeah. about the eighty. Did he get forty? I don't know. Did he we, get forty? I, like, I, I didn't yet. see. I, I, I saw him on the sidelines a lot with those other two guys in there, and, and they used some. They used Milton Williams in there. They were yeah, using but the a lot problem. The problem. Guys. The problem is okay. You already had Davis down. Um, Tui Pelotu got hurt last week, so you go into a game two defensive tackles down. So yeah, Fletcher's got to play more. I'm not so. I'm not going to go so far as to say. And Fletcher hasn't played well. Let's let, let's just be honest about that. He hadn't been the Fletcher that we've known, you know, over the last you know seven eight years. Um, but they needed bodies. You know, Lin, Linvel Joseph is a nose tackle. So yeah. now he presents for them what you lose. With Jordan Davis, is he as good as Jordan Davis at this point in his in his career? Probably not, because Jordan Davis was dominant. But at least you got a guy now that you can line up on the center and play your five man and not have to worry about that guy not getting the job done. Sue, Sue is just a, a, a another guy that you can play in your four man. You can play him in a two technique, a three technique. In your five man, you can bump him out to a three technique. He'll play the run. He'll get after the passer. He'll do it all. So these are great pickups. And and listen, there's nothing wrong with having all of these guys up. When Jordan no. Davis is when Jordan Davis is well and ready to play, okay. And and if Tui Palupo can come back and be healthy, I want all six of these off these defensive yeah. tackles. Yeah. I want them up and ready to go, because now you can rotate them and keep them fresh. Yep. All right. So. Uh, Lane Jones is going to join us in a little bit. We have uh, the debate coming up on a, on a certain part of this game. Uh, the bottom line is that they, they are 9-1 uh, and one now, and uh, that's a good win for them in Indianapolis in a game that it really looked like uh, they were going to lose. So uh, let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back. Lane Johnson will join us live from the locker room in Indianapolis. It is the Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show, and we're back after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. 
Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. All right, welcome back to the uh, Pond Hockey Eagles post-game show. Uh, and this is uh, the time of the show where we go inside the locker room. The Eagles win it today, 17-16. It was a little hairy, but, but it was a win. And uh, they put the ball in the hands of the quarterback, and, and they got a W out of this in Indianapolis. So let's talk to the man who saw it a lot closer than we did, uh, Eagles right tackle, 
Lane Johnson with us. Lane, I guess, you know, when you have a quarterback like that can make plays like that, it's a little comforting for you guys in, in the uh, huddle. Yeah, I mean, there was <laughs> there was really nothing comfortable about this game. We were behind, I mean, pretty much to the very end. Uh, Jalen made a heck of a play. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a close game. Uh, glad we came out with a win. It wasn't pretty, but, you know, when people need to step up, they stepped up. It's like we're out there just playing with our food too much, you know. Hey, Lane, why do you think the offense sputtered so much? I mean, now, you know, you guys have had six turnovers in the last two games. Um, it took it you is. a while to try to figure out what Indianapolis was doing defense. They made a concerted effort to take away the deep ball in the passing game. You know, yep. What is it? Is it teams? I basically said figuring out what you guys are doing, and you just you guys have to keep adjusting a lot of what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it uh, is what you said, turnovers. Uh, you know, teams have gotten some film on us, so they're scheming different. And uh, really just lack of execution, uh, you know, coming out uh, second half, uh, turning the ball over. Um, you know, we had another drive where, um, you know, turn it over again. I just uh, I feel like we're making the games harder on ourselves. And yeah. when you do that, man, you can you can, uh, you can can lose some football games. So, uh, yeah, today was, was very close, uh, sloppy, but uh, – Shout out to defense, man. I thought they played a heck of a game. Yeah, yep. Hey, Lane, I, I, I want to talk about, you know, along the same lines that D. Gunn, you know, asked you the question. Um, it seems as though the rest of the league is kind of catching up, you know, to this offense, and there's some adjustments yeah. that you guys, you know, are going to have to make, uh, especially, you know, in the run game. Um, yep. And, and, you know, you guys – that's a pretty damn good defensive line that you guys played against today. You guys had yeah. some successes late. You didn't run that much early. Um, but it seems to me that, you know, a lot of you guys' runs come off the RPO action yeah. instead of just straight running the ball. Um, yeah. You know, as an offensive lineman, I you know, I'm going to ask the question. I already know what the answer is. You know, would you rather run RPO? Would you just rather line up and just, you know, smash people? Um, I know you're going to say whatever it is that they call, you know, we're going to run it. But as an offensive lineman, I know you got a preference. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you go back and look. There's maybe a chance for, you know, get a little bit too cute with what we're doing instead of just attacking downhill and being consistent with it uh, like we've done in the past. Uh, but really, uh, the Colts, when you look at their D-line, they were, they were doing a lot of stunning uh, in the past game. A lot of me stunts, you stunts, um, you know, even even run the ball. I think teams are going to start doing that more, uh, moving guys around uh, the D line, backdooring plays, and uh, yeah, I mean credit to them. They uh, they played a good game, but uh, yeah, man, I, I feel like we were sloppy. Maybe got a little bit too cute instead of just doing what we what we done in the past. Um, like you said, man, as the season progresses, they get more tape. Uh, they defenses are going to see what works on you, and uh, you know, as you know, they they see it some blood in the water, water they're going to keep attacking. So moving forward, we got to get this stuff fixed. So, you know, I feel like defense had a, had a heck of a game, uh, kept us around, um, made some big stops for us. Lane, uh, you mentioned that they, they're changing schemes and this team did against you. And I kind of think you just answered a little bit. But if you could get deeper into that, what, what were they doing? What are they doing differently to, make, to stop the running, running attack? That had been fairly consistent. Uh, well, a lot of times they're not playing, you know, maybe on the backside. They're not playing into the guard and tackle. They're, they're picking just the guard. And so my job is to go up to the linebacker. And a lot of times when they do that, they'll squeeze and scrape. So the, the demon's man backside will shuffle down the line. 
the linebacker will, will have contained. So just moving different stuff instead of, uh, you know, playing, um, you know, four down and usually uh, on our combination blocks, they're hitting them, you know, between the guard and I and we're double teaming. So we didn't have as many double teams, I feel like, as we normally do. So a lot of one-on-one matchups, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Elaine, I know you're not going to make any excuses, but you guys were coming off a short week, and you guys came up out of that Washington game pretty nicked up. To what degree, obviously, the loss of Dallas Goddard, coupled with guys that are out there playing nicked up like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, how much did that affect the continuity of what you guys were trying to do? Man, uh, I mean, it all plays a factor in it, but, uh, I mean, man, I feel like the last two weeks, like you said, uh, what, six turnovers, so that's – you know, uncharacteristic of us. Uh, and like I said, man, you, you make the game a whole lot harder to win when you shoot yourself in the foot. So uh, moving forward, man, we got to take care of that stuff. Stop making the game harder than what it needs to be. And, uh, yeah, I mean, defenses uh, are going to look at films and or the film and, uh, you know, attack us until we stop it. Uh, some of the variations they're doing. So we know that's coming up, so we got to be prepared. Lane, I, I know that your focus is primarily, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, but you guys, you know, had two new additions on the defensive side of the ball. And from my perspective, I don't know how much you got a chance to see them play. From my perspective, they oh, were they they they, yeah, they 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 were phenomenal today. They they were they were the remedy that this defense needed. Yeah, really coming in off a short week too. Uh yeah, man, I mean, those two guys really don't need no introduction. Uh, they played great football for, you know, over a decade. Uh, really coming up big. I think Sue had a sack today. I think uh, Limbaugh had a, had a sack today. So, man, when you get big guys like that, uh, two alpha males, <laughs> it's hard to move them off the line. Yeah. You saw today, man, they still still explosive. Uh, you can still play at a high level. So, I'm happy, man, they came in on a short week and helped us. So, I'm um, looking forward to playing the rest of the season with them. Uh, Lane, let me take me inside the, the last possession. You guys, guys were fourth and two, uh, and you came out kind of a stack like you were going to sneak it, but they kind of yeah. knew you weren't going to sneak it at fourth and two. So, uh, t- so what was the plan there? I, I assume that uh, you weren't really expecting them to jump offside. So, did you already have uh, that play called, or, or after that fourth and two timeout, you decided to go back and and relook at it and come up with that play to Jalen? Yeah, no, we were trying to uh, get them to jump offside. So, really do a few hard cadences um and then when that didn't work uh came back and ran um you know the, the draw with Jalen so that's something we did you know a lot today uh, I feel like they they did a good job like I said they were they were pirating a lot a lot of times the Demas man was going under um D tackles looping out so they're 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 making it difficult for us today so so but that play that that draw play was already called uh, no, no, no. Okay. The last play to be scored, no. So the previous play was a was a dummy play to where uh, we're trying to get on the jump off side, so no play. Hey, Lane, what does Sirianni say to you guys in the locker room after this one? Oh uh, man, he was uh, he was emotional. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, hats off to the defense. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like everybody probably aged about ten years after that game. You know, <laughs> walked, walked in thirty two, came out forty two. So that's what I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, he was emotional. It, uh, you know, a win's a win. It wasn't a, wasn't a pretty one, but yeah. this team needs to, we, need, we need some adversity. We need to uh, be tested. And uh, like I said, man, you keep uh, making careless mistakes and uh, and making the game harder on yourself. Uh, you can lose games like this. So, but also, man, we won. I'm happy. And uh, who we got? I think we got Green Bay next. So, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers. So, 
Looking forward to that. Lane, talk about the, the development of Jalen and how the coaching staff actually used him today. Offensively, you guys struggled a little bit. But once you yeah. got into the fourth quarter, it seems like there was a concerted effort, you know, yeah. to, to have Jalen assert himself with his legs. Yeah. And on that touchdown play, I got to say, man, I, I give a lot of credit to Jason Kelsey. He just doesn't get enough because the way that – Whatever blocking scheme it was that he called at the line of scrimmage had everything covered to perfection. Yeah, yeah. I think the main thing is is communication. Uh, I mean, a lot of times you're going to a game and maybe they're not running the defense that you think they're going to run or they're changing stuff up. So it's all about communication and making those adjustments. So, uh, you know, there in the, the fourth quarter, I feel like we did. We made some, some good adjustments, made some good plays. But really, man, it all goes down to communication. So. You know, whatever Kelsey's seeing out there, he, relay, he relays it back to Stout and to Shane. And uh, so, I man, it's like, almost like having another coach out there with, with mm -hmm. Kelsey and, and Jalen. So, you know, those guys are uh, leading the way, communicating. Like I said, that's what it's all about, so making these adjustments. That's what we did. Lane, last question for me. We were talking about this. In fact, Seth was yelling. You got called for a hold today. And Seth kept yeah. saying, his, his hands were inside. His hands were inside. <laughs> Dean Gunn was the one that says, nah, nah, it's a hold. What did you think? Uh, I, I talked to the ref for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, my hands weren't side, but, you know, when he's escaping the pocket, maybe I held on to him too long. I had to go back. Ah, uh, see? But, see, Seth, I told hey, you. Hey, but, but needless to say, it pissed me off because I felt like they didn't have a sniff uh, other than that play. So, yeah, hey, you'd like to have it back, but when the game's going, man, he's got to chop Come on. it up. And, and Come on, Lane. Lane, you, you got a defensive guy over here defending you, man. Come on. At least agree with me, bro. Come on, man. Uh, I, I got I to see it. Hey, I didn't think it was old. I didn't think it was old, but – Shit, hey, he called it, and I couldn't take it back from him. So, hey, hey Lane, um, what offensive linemen go through in terms of what is and what isn't holding is basically a, the equivalent of what secondary people go through in terms of what yeah. is pass interference and what isn't. How much do you guys go over this during the week in terms of hand placement, what you can get away with, and what you can't get away with as, as far as offensive linemen go? Yeah, I mean, I feel like playing tackle and, and corners pretty much about the same position. You're on the island. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of times, you know, my hands, I try to keep them inside, but sometimes, uh, you know, scramble around making plays. It's yeah. hard to uh, see sometimes. But, I, you know, if he called it, I probably held on a little bit too long. Uh, but sometimes whenever I see a play extender or something, I'll kind of – you'll see me in my past that kind of looking both sides, see where he's at, and trying to get those holding calls. I feel like I had, like, a couple similar like that in Dallas last year. But, yeah. It's one of those things, man. Uh, Got to clean it up. So, well, Lane, good job. It's another win. You guys are nine and one. Um, we're not going to give style points for this game because it's a W. And it doesn't matter if it's style points. Yeah. So good job. Heal up, yeah. and uh, and we got a big one next week. So we'll see you then. Big one next week. All right, guys. All right, man. Thank All right. you, Lane. Lane Johnson, Appreciate live it. from um, the locker room in Indianapolis. See, with I the told Eagles you it was holding. <laughs> he didn't admit that. He did. He said he held him on to a little bit too long. Come on, Seth. 17 and 16. Had no bearing, yeah, listen, had no, had no bearing on the play. No. <laughs> no, it's a win. Uh, it's a good thing they played a team that couldn't take advantage. That's what, what I'm left That's with. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Those are teams you have to beat. Exactly. Listen, you know. it, it, is not, it is not easy going into somebody else's backyard and winning a game, you know, under the circumstances that this team was under, man. I, I, I'm just – I. 
I know everybody wants to hear me go in. I'm just not going in, man. Right, right. After right. what we saw last week and what we thought the week would be like. Like, I had people who were mad with me, you know, on social media. They're always and, mad with and, you. And, 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 on, and on the chat from the pregame because, uh, you know, I picked the Eagles to win 21 to 20. And they're like, are you out of your mind? I'm like, no, this is going to be a tight game. It's going to be a tight game just based upon the fact that we don't know what Joseph and what Sue can offer. And we're not sure, you know, how the offense is going to react with with, with, without Dallas Goddard. Right? And, and we right. also didn't know how they were going to respond after losing a game like that because it right. kind of pokes a hole in the balloon. But they win the game. And, and we have plenty left in the show. We have our, our diamond debate coming up. I can't wait to see what the diamond debate is going to be. We already, we have like 700 debates while we're watching this game. So <laughs> oh we're going to have to squeeze out another one here. It is the uh, Pondland Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm Mike Misnelli, Seth Joyner, and uh, Derek Gunn and Devin Caney will join us after this. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. husband hadn't missed work in 15 years. His injury required months of rehabilitation, and unfortunately, the insurance company didn't see it that way. I was working two jobs, but it wasn't enough. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. We sat down, told him our story, and they guided us through the whole workers' compensation legal process. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. you know, the team you trust, the Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givnish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givnish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givnish. Customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was, it, was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, Again, just another uh, shout out to this place for 
or making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at South University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salus.edu. Welcome back to the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. I'm Devin Caney, and it is time for our Diamond Debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Uh, guys, today, Seth, unfortunately, you don't have your blinged out watch, but I have three different pieces from Mark's. Uh, I have this bracelet, this necklace, and these earrings. And uh, guys, they gave me these pieces because they're fashion forward and strong, as the Eagles needed to be strong in the face of adversity. And I think. We saw that today. You know, they did win. It was a rough win, especially offensively, um, but still got to win. Um, so that leads me to our diamond debate, and that is, who is to blame for the Eagles' offensive struggles today? A, Jalen Hurts, B, play calling, C, injuries, D, offensive line. Uh, if you guys are watching, you can vote on this in the community section on the YouTube page as well as the Jacob Media uh, Twitter account, and I've retweeted it on my Twitter account as well. Uh, overwhelming, almost 75% say play calling, and I cannot disagree with them on that. What are your thoughts? Well, I don't disagree either. I mean, they really they had no answer all game until they got into the fourth quarter and decided to put the game on Jalen's legs, and he started running, and that's basically you know what got them back into the game. So um, they just seemed lost. They seemed like they had no answer for you know uh, what what the Colts' defensive staff had put in front of them. So. Um, it's hard to win in this league, and any way you can get a win, a win is a win. Um, but they've got some work to do moving forward. I guess if you're going to have to lay blame, I would have to say Sirianni because I think they tried to pass too much. You know, I don't think they committed themselves to the run enough. They did it sporadically, but for some reason, they decided they were going to try to pass 
more so against this Colts defense, and that's when they got in trouble. That's when Jalen Hurst was standing back there patting the ball too long. Even when he tried to roll out and wait for somebody to free up in the flats, look at how many times he just had to throw the ball away because nobody was open. And I'm thinking, go back to the run, pick up three or four yards of carry, control the clock, and keep their average offense off the field. But it's like they kept playing right into Indianapolis's hand and made this game a lot closer than it should have been. I think they were a little out of whack. And I, you know, I don't want to put everything on this, but this is the first game they played without Dallas Goddard. And I thought they were a little unbalanced and unsure what they wanted to do. They couldn't really trust the tight ends the same way they trust Goddard. They only ran 10 plays in the first two series in this game. They didn't seem to be committed to anything or they weren't convinced that anything was going to work magically. Uh, but I think a lot of it had to do with Goddard not being there. They were unbalanced. Well, listen, he's a big loss. But there have been games where, you know, we've wondered in the post game where the heck Dallas Goddard was, where he got like two or three targets the entire game. So I'm not going to put it all the way over there. You know, he's a big part of what they do, and they miss him. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to put the emphasis that far over on, on the fact that he was gone. This offensive staff has got to figure out a way when you have injuries or things aren't working in the moment to be able to make the requisite adjustments in order for in order to keep the offense humming. They've I got, agree with that. They, 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 they've got yeah, they, too much they've got too much talent on this offense. It was just a yeah. different look though right. they, because with Goddard on the field, even if they're not going to him, there's Locking. so much more balance yeah. with what they do. I, I think it helps open up their running game right. that much more with Goddard on the field. You look at Jack Stoll and, and, and Grant Calcaterra, they're like, they have, they're specialists. They do one thing well, but not the other. Right. And look at how many times, it, you know, you, you look at a Goddard, how he not only establishes himself in the run, but then he peels off and he's a safety valve in the flat that, that Hurst can dump off to. I don't think he has the same kind of comfort level with Calcaterra and Stoll. Well, figure out how to incorporate them yeah. in, in, in what you do. Yeah. You know, you had you had Tyreek Jackson that was up today. Yeah. He got a penalty. You know, yeah, he got all, all is, it, is, it, is it tough to make that adjustment during a game? You're caught. You're caught really for the first time. You're going to be without Goddard. I don't know if you can work that out. In, in, in a couple practices. So it's like game day when you have to make those adjustments. Now, I thought they were a little unsure of themselves with well, that. Well, hey, listen, they, they had the whole week. It's not like they just found out this morning that they weren't going to have Dallas Goddard. They knew all week. Yeah, but they don't so, have a defense that's going to play the way the Colts played against them listen, in practice. There, there, there's no doubt about it. You know, So if he's that much of an important piece of what you do, then test the defense to see if they're going to pay attention. Because with him gone, what, what's, the, what's the normal thing that happens? A team, a coordinator falls asleep on the fact that, you know, you've got a backup that's actually playing. Now's an opportunity for you to throw a couple of balls to these guys that are backing up to find out if they're genuinely paying attention to the fact that Dallas isn't there. If he's there, you know they're paying attention. Well, Sometimes he's going to get two guys on him. So Dallas Goddard missing aside, I think what was the biggest head scratcher for me was, you know, on certain plays when it's third and two and in these crucial moments, they would go to Kenneth Gainwell, I think twice in the first half, and then Boston Scott over guys like Miles Sanders or Jalen Hurts just keeping it himself. So does that come down? Is that play calling or is that a Jalen Hurts decision in the moment or is he calling an audible? Is it Nick Sirianni being a little too cute, Seth, as you always say? Well, I, I think that, you know, They've admitted that their their ability to run the ball, their run game, is based off of their run-pass option. I think that the Colts had an adjustment for that today. So if you make that call, 
you know, you're trusting Jalen to either hand it off, to either pass it, run it himself, or option outside. Well, they took it all away. So, you know, you can't point the finger at Jalen if that's the call that the coaches are, are, are making, and then you turn around and you're reading it properly and you're handing the ball off where you should be handling it off or you're keeping it where you're supposed to be keeping it, but the defense has created, you know, a way to stop it. That, that falls on the coaches. Well, is it also credit to Indianapolis's defense? Because sure. for me, it kind of felt like the Eagles' offense just also didn't show up today until the fourth quarter. No, I, I also agree with you that they gave, they gave the ball to Gainwell right. in, instead of Sanders. Sanders was not on the field. They gave the ball to Gainwell. On it a, wouldn't on have mattered. It wouldn't okay. have mattered. Those, so so they, they turned it over on downs on two handoffs, two read, two read options, yep. right? Okay. It didn't matter if Earl Campbell was back there. He wasn't making <laughs> it may have. Down. It may have mattered no, with a better no. running back back there. I'm, I'm telling you, Earl Campbell's my favorite <laughs> players of all time. I don't care if Earl Campbell was standing back there and you ran that RPO. They had it dialed in. Yep. They knew exactly what they were going to do, and they had the right defense designed to take it away. So now where, where's, your, where's your option, you know, Go away from the weak side where they got an extra guy. Maybe run it to the strong side. Or just go max protect and let Jalen does what he do from the pocket. And if it all breaks down, take off and try to run. Well, I think it's also confirmed. Lane, Lane basically agreed when I asked him the question earlier. Defenses are now starting to give them looks that they're not showing on film leading up to these games. And that's what you have to do. I mean, you look at the rest of the Eagles' opponents, they're not the equal of the Eagles in terms of overall personnel, but they're going to give you some things, hopefully, that can trip you up and keep them in the game. We saw it happen against Washington on Monday night, obviously coupled with the turnovers. That was a big help. Same thing with the Colts. The Colts basically gave them problems because they hadn't seen a lot of the things the Colts were giving to them, coupled with the turnovers. That allowed Indianapolis to stay in the game. Yeah, I mean, and then we, we see not as many, thankfully, turnovers uh, today as we saw Monday night, but still more than we're used to seeing from the Eagles, especially that A.J. Brown. And I get, you know, if someone comes up and they punch the ball out of your hands, there's right, only right. so much you can do. But do we think A.J. Brown is 100%? I feel like he's still not playing like the A.J. Brown that we saw earlier this season. I don't either. No, I, I, when, the way he stopped with that ball told me that he was running, he was moving so fast that the ankle wouldn't allow him to, like, slow down and get down, okay? Because normally, what is he going to do? You're either going to run that guy over or you're going to get down right away. But or you're not going to cut. But, but you're not going to just stop with the ball like no, that, no. you know, and allow the defense to tackle you, allow the guy to come in and punch it out. So that tells me that he's not 100%. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you telling me that you didn't? it didn't matter to you that Kenneth Gainwell was in on that third and two? It was a straight rush? Well, we've seen him, we've seen him do that Kenneth before, though. Would you rather have Kenneth Gainwell in there or Miles Sanders I would, running yeah, 32? I would but, most certainly wanted Miles yeah. Sanders in. But it's not but like Miles, it's the first time. We've seen Gainwell exactly. in there. It, it doesn't make it right if it's not the first time. I get Play that. with your strength. It's third and two. Listen, they have no qualms about who the running back is and who's in the game. No. Boston no. Scott came in, and he got a lot of reps today. He got a lot of uh, – a few more carries than he's been getting today. Yes. So they don't care. Again, let's go back and let's go back and look at the numbers, okay? Because I keep trying to tell you guys that they have Miles Sanders on a pitch count. Go back and he had 13 carries today. Yeah. 13 carries. That's right in the window of how many carries they're normally going to give 15 him. 15 to 18. 15 to 18 yeah. carries. Yeah. And he's not going to get a lot more than that. But, but they only gave the other two guys four carries. Yeah. 
Jalen carried it 16 times in this because game. Because Jalen is the joker in this offense, okay? The, the only guy that can account for Jalen within this offense is the free safety. And right. the free safety is 20 yards down the field. So when you incorporate him into the running game, you have a massive advantage. Nothing else that they were doing was working. That's why they had to in, reincorporate him into the offense That's in that why, manner. Why they won the game. But after, then, after, you know, yeah. as, but aside from the, the Kenneth Gainwell decision, uh, in that lat, when they, they did end up scoring, and that's what won the Eagles the game in right. that final offensive drive, uh, probably the most important drive of the season thus far for the Eagles because they had to score there to win. Three consecutive handoffs to Boston Scott in the red zone. So what like do you what what do you equate that like why why what what was the reason for Boston Scott getting the ball three times? Well, we don't know we don't know what was wrong with Miles. Was something you, wrong with Miles? I mean, nobody knows. No. I mean, you would have to assume that something was wrong if he's running back number one and you're at the most crucial drive of the game and you're gonna tell me you got your backup, maybe your third running back in the game. I mean, maybe there was something wrong with Miles. Nobody, and, and, and Nick Sirianni is not going to tell you. He's yeah. not going to tell you until you get the next week. And Miles is not healthy enough to go. And he's going to be, oh, he showed up on the on the injury report. Oh, he's a little nicked. He's a little beat up. He's not going to come out and tell you that something was wrong with Miles. I also wonder if this is going to be a trend because if you go back to last year, now last year was out of necessity. You know, my, uh, Boston Scott wasn't heard from the first half of the season. Miles Sanders gets hurt, and all of a sudden he's an integral part of the offense. Okay, he's, he, we've been talking about where the heck is Boston Scott all season. Well, we've hit that halfway point of the season again. Maybe this is going to be a trend now to bring him out of, you know, out of the coffin, so to speak, because he is a – the dude is only 5'6", but he is a tough customer to bring down. He doesn't go down on initial contact. Therefore, we can under, never understand why is he not more integral in a passing game. He's a good pass catcher. I think he's the best blocking back they have also. You want to know why? Because they want Kenny Gainwell to step up and be everything they drafted him draft in, in the third round to be. I don't think okay? it's going to happen. And what has happened is through the first eight games, right. he's proven that he's marginally gotten better. Okay, he still doesn't understand protections, doesn't know who he's supposed to pick up. That F under route that he ran last week and dropped the ball was huge. No question. Huge. No question. So now he's evolved to that place where they feel like they can't trust him. And if they can't trust him, they know what Boston can do. Exactly. But they want him to be the guy, which just like drives me insane. You know, go ahead and make Boston the number two, bring Trey Sermon up, and sit. Sit Kenneth Gainwell's behind down already. You already until he's ready to grow up and prove that he's ready to be a professional. Because you can't keep going through this just for the sake that oh we drafted him in the third round, we got to play him. No, you don't. You ain't playing the Kobe Dean. No, no. Mike, you look like you have something to say. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to ask Seth because we were watching the play. This has nothing to do with our our debate, but I'm, I'm watching the Zaire Franklin play, and I'm thinking. What was Seth Joyner, if he was a linebacker on the field, what would he say to Zaire Franklin on that play? Because the kid got what, the totally panicked and totally lost. He, he had his back to the ball, and he tackled Miles Sanders. Why, I want to know why Miles Sanders also was that far down the field. Like, was that a trick play? Or well, he like, was, what, what were we doing there? No, they, they were in man coverage, and I guarantee he ran a little flat route. And when he saw Jalen begin to scramble around, he just took off because the normal protocol is for the guys who run the deep – 
the short routes, they take it deep. The guys that run the deep routes, they turn around and they come back. Well, listen, you got the guy in man-to-man coverage. Again, I talk about the technique of man-to-man coverage and linebackers all the time, all the time. I don't ever want to be in a situation where I can't feel the running back and I can't see the quarterback. Okay, if I'm going to face guard him, I'm always going to like I'm going to be looking at his eyes because if that ball's in the in in the air, he's got eyes like two of these. Okay, so that tells me right now that the ball that the ball is coming, and now I got time. The minute his eyes light up, I want to get in phase. I want to get my arm across his chest, and I want to look back for the ball. Yeah, so I can intercept the panic. So I'm curious, would you have given him the side eye? As as his coach, as a player, you're no. on the field. No, you, you, no, you wouldn't no, side item because you, you would, be, because you, you want to know why? Because what you see, the way you see these guys in man-to-man coverage, is the way that they're coached. I was never coached to play that way. I was never coached to play with that kind of fear. These guys, to your point, Mike, he panicked. Yeah, he panicked. He no panicked. And, 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 and you even heard Charles Davis during the broadcast say, oh, that was a smart thing to do. You don't want to let him catch that ball and run into the end zone. You want to tackle him right there, take the P.I. with the yards, the 38 yards, and now you're in a situation where maybe you can get a stop. Well, that's just not good sound football, no. man. If he had turned his head around, I don't think it would have been pass interference. No. These DB, these guys covering the pass, they've lost the art of turn your head around yeah, and just making an attempt listen, on the that, ball. That was a third and two that they gambled. They were going to throw the ball there, and, and the kid gave him life with that play. But we see that every week. That's, yeah. become, that's become part of the offensive strategy in certain downs if you really want to get down to it. How many quarterbacks do we see throw the long ball hoping to get a pass interference, and eight times out of ten they get pass interference because these DBs don't know how to turn around and look for the ball in situations like that. Let me this. ask you a question. How efficient is an offense in third and two, okay, and you realize you got man coverage, so you take the deep shot? You're trying to get a first down, okay? Yeah, so I, I, I thought mean, it was a about, questionable think, think about the decision variables. to throw it deep. Think about the yeah. variables that come into, that come into play when you say, okay, I got a mismatch, and I'm going to throw the ball 40 yards down the field. The throw's got to be perfect. The catch has got to be perfect. And the, and, and the coverage has to be lacking. Yeah. Where, yeah it, it where, where if you run some kind of combination route underneath, set the guy down in three yards, throw him the ball, first down, we got a whole new set of downs. But how many times do you see offenses today in third and short situations Look up and see man-to-man coverage and throw the damn ball 40 yards down the field. That makes no sense to me. That that's that's just that's football that like drives me insane. Well, uh, still eked out a win, one-point win over the Colts. That does it for this week's Diamond Debate presented by Mark's Jewelers. Again, if you guys are tuning in, you want to weigh in, that is on the Jacob Media uh, Twitter page as well as the YouTube page. The options are who's to bl- or for who, to, who is to blame for the Eagles' offensive struggles, Jalen Hurts, play-calling injuries, or offensive line. Show, show that bracelet uh, one more time. We are up. Oh, show that bracelet. D. Gunn. Christmas present, D. Gunn. That's you. As well as the necklace, yes. That's all you. Christmas, Christmas is right around the corner, y'all. One of yeah, those three Yeah, you just had a birthday, days. too, didn't you? Yeah, Friday. Yeah, you yeah. did. They, I mean, Mark Schuller sent him the watch he gave him last week. <laughs> uh, all right, stick around. The postgame show will be right back after this break.
to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. All right, welcome back to the Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show. Uh, the gang is all here, and John McMullen is coming up in, in just a little bit. So the Eagles win 17-16, and if you look at this game, they, they took advantage 
of a team that kind of wasn't ready to win in the Indianapolis Colts. And that's taken nothing away from what the Eagles did on the last drive because they put it in the hands of their quarterback. He made a couple of big runs, one for a first down uh, to, to get him close, and then the quarterback draw, which, which gets him the touchdown. And, of course, on that drive, he was aided by a real bad pass interference penalty uh, on the Indianapolis Colts and uh, uh, Zaire Franklin. So uh, they get a win, and they're now 9-1. and one. And, and so what we look at in this game is they had enough to win. They put the ball in the hands of their quarterback, and they also made some adjustments to handle the run, which everybody was scared about. What were they going to do? Jonathan Taylor's going to rip them up. What about next week and a week after that when you got Aaron uh, Taylor and, and uh, uh, Aaron Saquon, Jones, and Aaron Jones and, yeah. and, and Saquon Barkley coming up your way? And, and of course, Derrick Henry. So um, those were all, all good parts. The quarterback rescued them today. They did stop the run to, to a large extent after giving up some yards to Jonathan Taylor early. Uh, and they took advantage of a team that didn't want to win. Yeah, and like we, I said time and time again, watch watch Indianapolis's body language in the second half. They just wanted to make sure they didn't make a mistake, didn't turn the football over. I'm sure they're sitting around, wait a minute, we have a 13-3 lead on this team. We've held this explosive offense to three points for much of this game. All we have to do is don't turn over the football and we have a chance. And nine times out of ten, when you start playing that conservative-type football in a game like this, it will come back and bite you. And lo and behold, you put the game in the hands of your most athletic player in Jalen Hurts, and he took advantage of every opportunity you give. Indianapolis defense didn't give them a lot of opportunities, but they found what worked in that fourth quarter. Give the ball to Jalen. Let him run it. Let him make him play honest and see if he can stop him. They couldn't stop him. Yeah, and, and also, see, the big swing in this game, which we looked at, that felt really against a good team probably hurts the Eagles, was when Taylor fumbles on that, on that when he got stripped trying to get more yards. And then the Eagles give it back because A.J. gets stripped after he catches that crossing pattern. Uh, uh, they got the ball down in, in really close range to score a touchdown, yes. which may have put the game out of reach for the Eagles, and they just couldn't get the, the job done. And Paris Campbell had a, had a big play past Josiah Scott. They got close, and, and they just couldn't get it done. They had to settle for a field goal. That wound up there being their undoing. Mike, but that happened twice. Yeah. They, you yep. know, that, that – not only, um, not only on the on that last fumble, but the second fumble. The second fumble, the Eagles' defense held up and forced the field goal. The second one, they hold up and they force another field goal, but he pushes off to the right. I mean, you're talking about the difference between winning and losing. So, big day by the defense, massive day by the defense to be able to after. You know, immediately after two turnovers, to hold a team to just and they got the, they getting the ball in plus territory, like inside the thirty. Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, and then Ryan had two big pass plays on that drive too. He hit the one to to uh, Pierce in the middle of the field for a first down. Yeah, and and then he hit that one to Paris Campbell, and they looked like they were rolling. And it's just not a good team doesn't doesn't take advantage to the extent where they put the game out of reach. So Indianapolis is not a great team, and we saw that today. All right, let's do a little two-minute drill. <laughs> well, so wait a quick minute. hitters for you guys. Wait, 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 before you go what? to the two-minute drill, okay, you keep talking about that they're not a good team. They're not. They're not. They're hey, not. listen, Washington wasn't a good team. <laughs> you know, they figured out a way to finish it last week. So, I mean, you can't 
I'm not you, taking you, it away from the Eagles. Okay. I'm not, okay. Ta- I'm not trying to take it okay. away from I'll, I'll, I'll I'm it, saying a, a I'll good alone, team man. will take advantage of, of those kind of opportunities and seal a deal. There's and no doubt about it. Indianapolis is not at that level. So I that gives the that. Eagles a chance but to the win Eagles, this game. But the Eagles are a better team than the Washington Commanders, and they're a better team than the Indianapolis Colts. Okay? My only point is, is some balance here because last week, as a better team, they had every opportunity to win that game at the end, and they fumbled it away again, okay? Today, you talk about Indianapolis, they had the game in, the, in, you know, in their back pockets for three quarters, and then the Eagles woke up and figured out a way to win the football game. Sometimes it just works out oh, that they, way. And I, they've I done think, that many times this year, Seth. I, I think we also have to take into consideration, you know, that kid McLaughlin hits a 51-yard field goal for the Colts. He come back. He comes back and misses another field goal. That would have given the Colts 19 points. What kind of onus would that have put on the outcome of this game as well when you look at the way the game played itself out? Could the Eagles have been two points shy instead of one-point victors? Hey, listen, they were, they, they, they were going to have to score twice. There's no yeah, doubt about yeah. it if they kicked that field goal. All right, two-minute drill. Um, have they figured out how to stop the run? We are talking last week about the template that everybody now had that you can run the ball against the Eagles, and they changed it up a little bit. This is a really good rushing team with a really good running back, and they shackled them. So have they turned the corner on that, Seth? I think they have enough enough reinforcements to be able to control the run when they want to. It's going to be a chess game the rest of the way for, these football, for this football team and this defense, and this is why. Again, versus their four-man front, they cannot stop the run. Versus their five-man front, you can't run against it. So the chess match is going to be, okay, you know, when, when on first and second down, you might get more passes. You might get more passes on first and second down than you would normally get. Why? Because there are guys short in the back, and you know that Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon is going to play ultra-conservative in the back. You're going to get – you're either going to get cover four or cover six. Cover four is quarters all the way across the back. Or you're going to get cover, cover six. You're going to get, you know, um, quarter, quarters, halves. So that means that guys are going to be playing soft. So the better quarterbacks, what are they going to do? They're going to take what you give them, and they're going to methodically move down the field. If you're not going to give them the run via the five-man front, guess what? I'll just hitch and out you to death. First down, first down, five, ten, five, three, five, whatever it is. I'm just going to take what you give me. So then Jonathan Gannon is going to have to make, you know, a major decision. You know, do I go back to four man so I can get too high and, and, and be able to take care of the underneath stuff? Or do I roll the dice and stay with the five-man front and be able to control first and second down versus the run. Do they have a better chance, though, going with a four-man front with those reinforcements, with Sue and Joseph now in the fold? No. No. Will they trust those guys beyond this? It's not just them. It's not just them. So you heard Lane talk about how they were moving guys around and shooting gaps and whatnot. That's what Jonathan Gannon needs to do in in his four-man line and allow his linebackers to adjust to where the defensive linemen are shooting in the games that you're running. Right now, they're like sitting ducks. 
you know, you got a two technique and a three technique. They're both getting doubled and pushed off the ball. And we've seen T.J. Edwards today. He's standing there looking in the backfield trying to see the ball. And by the time he locates the ball, the tackle of the guard is hitting him in the mouth. So if you don't make a change, if you don't, if you don't make, if you don't start adjusting how your defensive tackles are playing the run in your four-man front, it's, you're not going to change it because, you know. It, I, I give you a classic case in point. When I was in junior high school, I played defensive tackle. I was always taught, anytime you get the double team, take a knee. Because when you take a knee, it splits the double team. Once I take a knee and I pop back up, guess what? I'm still in my gap, but now I'm on my feet and I'm ready to play. But what I also do is I take one of those guys off of me and allow the linebacker to flow to the ball. Now. If I can remember that from what, forty years ago, you think that you think this coaching staff might might want to coach these guys that when you feel the double team instead of standing up, just take a damn knee, make a pile, let the linebackers and the safeties come down and make the play. No, they're just getting pushed off the ball in the four man front, and that's not going to change because it, that was a problem last year. It was a problem when Jordan Davis got hurt this year. It's the major reason why the Eagles went and got Jordan Davis and brought in Hassan Reddick to be able to take care of that run game. All right. Uh, another quick question. Jalen Hurts obviously took the game into his own hands today. Uh, we saw uh, the running game sputter a little bit. Uh, we have Goddard out now. So things are kind of discombobulated. Will they have to do more of that, D, having their quarterback run the ball? I think so. I think we're going to see some similar stuff to Lamar Jackson. Look at how many times Lamar Jackson runs a football uh, in a game. And I think to open up the run game a little bit more, if, if, if your opposing defensive linemen are starting to pinch these gaps and making it that much more difficult in terms of running against your RPOs and your stretch runs, then you're going to have to do what we saw the Eagles do in the fourth quarter. We saw Jalen do more of that earlier in the season than they got away from it. And we're like, wait a minute. He only ran the ball five times, six times. You know, now he's back 16 times a day. A lot of those in the fourth quarter will call running plays. To open up that running game a little bit more, you have the most athletic player in your offense is your quarterback. You're going to have to utilize. Personally, I don't like my quarterbacks running the ball 15, 16 times a game. But until further notice, if it works, if it helps open up the run game and the offense more so, do what you have to do. You know, what makes, what makes football such an intriguing game is there's no balance. You don't have 12 players and 12 players. You got an odd amount. So that means that there's a, a strength and a weakness to every defense, okay? And what the Eagles have been able to do is take advantage of the numbers. What the Colts did today is they flipped the numbers in their favor, and it took the Eagles to the fourth quarter to, to reflip the numbers in their, you know, to, to their advantage. So to D Gunn's point, yeah, we don't want to see Jalen Hurts run. We don't want to see him take those hits. But in order for this offense to succeed, he's going to have to run the ball more so that he can make them adjust out of what they're doing so that they can get back to doing what they really want to do. All right, two minutes are up. So I have a question for you and for everybody out there. You want to save up to 40% on your car insurance? Well, we're going to pause right now for 15 seconds and tell you exactly how. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! 
There you go. Simple as that. 15 seconds, we solved all your insurance problems. <laughs> all right. Uh, is it time for Mr. McMullen? Do we have John McMullen? We don't have John McMullen yet. So uh, I'm curious to know what his analysis to this game is. Uh, you know, you look at next week, uh, and it's a legitimate team. I mean, I don't know. From week to week. I wouldn't I call it legitimate. I, I, can't, I can't tell what they are from week to week. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. At as least, long as you, know, you got Aaron Rodgers, you legitimate. Yeah, that's what I was saying. There's you know, a quarterback come on, man. that's going to make some plays or has the potential to make you some look plays. Aaron, so. Aaron Rodgers played like the Aaron Rodgers of old against Dallas. He came out last week against Tennessee and played like he hadn't played in, in weeks. I, I can't remember how many times Aaron Rodgers missed open wide receivers. He's been doing it all season long. Now, granted, they don't have, they've always had a problem with these young pass catchers dropping passes, not knowing their assignments. But Aaron Rodgers has been way off this season, and you don't know which Aaron Rodgers is going to show up. Well, like, like Jekyll and Hyde, you never know. So he may come in here and he could be Dr. Jekyll, he could be Mr. Hyde. You don't know. <laughs> no, I, he has, uh, he's like been uninspired. I, I wonder if, you know, I hate to make this kind of a, but I wonder if their personal lives, like their unsettled, harmonious personal lives, messed them up. I think it's affected Brady this year. No. Do you think it's affected Aaron Rodgers? No. You want, you want to know why? Because I'm not going to name the year, I'm not going to name the instance of the time. I was going through a real tough time in my life. And you want to know when? You want to know where my sanctuary was? Where my saint? Where my my solace was? The field. Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. It wasn't even practice. Yeah. It was Sunday, because Sunday was the only time that I could just shut it all off, and be in the moment of what I love to do, and I had and I and I had no cares in the world. The minute the game was over, I mean, just it just washed over me all over again, and and the ensuing weeks was always the same. So if these guys. You know, if, if you're wired the right way where you where you want to, where football means that much to you, I mean, you're starting to see Brady come out of it a little bit. I think there was a whole lot going yes. on. Yeah. Like when he came back after those 10 days that he missed in training camp, yeah. I mean, his face was all drawn in. He was a mess, mm -hmm. you know. So it, it would have been hard for us to believe that, you know, he would have been able to step in and be the Brady of old. But now that the divorce is final sure. and everything, sure. you know, you, you, right. you're moving on. Hey, and she, you know. and she moved on with oh, yeah. a jujitsu hey, man hey, Mike. in Costa Rica for hey, crying hey, out loud. Hey, Mike, some people believe Aaron Rodgers spent too much time with that Amazon peyote this past summer, and it's still affecting him. Hey, hey, he might, he might still be hitting whatever it was he was. This concludes the TMZ portion of the Eagles postgame show. It's time to talk to the man who covered the game in Indianapolis. Uh, we always love to talk to Mr. John McMullen. He joins us right now. All right, John, so uh, obviously it's a couple things in this game that, that were evident. Uh, they had enough to, to win the game, and um, they did it on the, in the hands of their quarterback. They also figured out a way to stop the run a little bit, and they took advantage of a team that looked like they weren't ready to win because the Eagles gave them opportunities to win. Your assessment of this game? Yeah, I mean, it, it was ugly. I, I will say that. I mean, you talk about the, the first drive, 10 plays, 75 yards, Mike, uh, and, and the Colts go up 7 nothing. But from that point forward, the defense actually played pretty well for the majority of the game. There were a couple plays. They had some issues with Josiah Scott today. And we talk about, we've always talked about the injuries to Jordan Davis. Now we talk about Dallas Goddard, who they really, really missed offensively. Uh, but that Avante Maddox injury, we don't talk about it now because every time there was a big play, it seemed like Josiah Scott was on the other, was on the bad end of it from a, a defensive perspective. 
starting with that third and six on the first drive. That was a nice blitz. T.J. Edwards was loose. It was it was nicely designed, and Josiah just couldn't hold up on the back end. Then when they went up 16-10 with the big pass, it was Josiah Scott. Even at the end of the game, before Brandon Graham sacked it, kind of seal it, he gave up a, a, a big play. So that part of it's an issue, but for the most part, the defense played well. Offensively, they struggled, but Jalen Hurts took over the game in the fourth quarter, and he took it over with his legs. Let's be honest. He, I think he had 59 rushing yards in the fourth quarter. And the Red Sea opened for him on that touchdown. That was unbelievable from high above watching it, uh, just how much space he had. Hey, John, end of the game. Indianapolis fails to convert on a fourth and long. Eagles run out the clock. Camera show Nick Sirianni going up and down the sideline, just emphatically engaging Eagles fans. Did he enlighten you guys as to what he was saying to the fans on the sideline? Well, Nick was, uh, this game was important to Nick uh, for obvious reasons. I, I think it would have been even in a typical situation where Jim Irsay didn't fire Frank Reich. It would have been important to him because this place has meant a lot to him in his coaching career. But when they fired Frank Reich, and he, uh, Nick loves Frank Reich. I mean, he loves him. It's his, his mentor. Um, he thinks it was unfair what they did to him. Uh, so this one was more important than he let on. Um, and, you know, it was ugly uh, and and it, 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 no style points. But a week where, you know, the Giants finally came down to earth, it looks like Dallas is going to handle Minnesota at least early pretty easily. Um you know, it's it's good to have that little buffer in the NFC East, uh, and that's a big part of where the Eagles want to go. But Nick Sirianni wanted to win this game. So, I mean, it, it, even though it looked bad, um, he was really, really excited to win this game in Indianapolis. John, I'm a little concerned about the, about the run offense, you know, for this football team. You know, they, again, today – they really couldn't get things established the, real, the way they really wanted to. Um, you know, we were talking about it in pregame today about how their run game is predicated off the RPO. And, you know, I talked to, you know, Derek Gunn and, 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 and Mark Forzetta. I said, you know, if I was a defensive coordinator, I would take the PO away from this football team and just hit Jalen Hurts every time and force him, you know, to hand the ball off. Um, they struggle all day today, and it you know, all the way up to the to the to the fourth quarter when they made the decision and they figured out that they could dominate the numbers game by having Jalen run the ball instead of giving the ball to Miles or Boston Scott because they really couldn't get any, anything going. How are they going to remedy that going forward? Because they're they're. The essence, the essence of their run game can't be tied solely to the RPO. They've got to be able to line up in 12 personnel, 11 personnel, no matter what they – and just turn around and hand miles the ball and be able to block people up front and run the football. Yeah, they would like to do that better. There's, there's no question about that. They were – Seth, and they were really good at that early in the season. You think about – the four-minute drive in Detroit. You think about the long drive in Arizona. Uh, they had another long drive against Dallas. They were able to run the football 
when people knew they were going to run the football. That seems to have sort of evaporated a little bit uh, from this offense, with the exception of Jalen Hurts. Look, he wanted the P.O. in it in the fourth quarter. Because I got news for you. If you didn't have the P.O. in it today, you don't win this football game. Agreed. I mean, this was all Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. This was all Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. And most of it was running the football. Um, and, you know, it, it's times like this when, when they struggle and he, he puts puts them on his back and gets them over the finish line, you start to say, maybe there is something special about Jalen Hurts as a player. 16 runs today. We, we've been through this through the season. When he ran it 18 times in Detroit, we said, is that too much? Um, then he doesn't run it at all for a couple of weeks. And people are saying, why isn't Jalen Hurts running the football? Is there something wrong? It, it really truly comes down to what did they need in that particular week. Yep. And without Dallas Goddard, I have a feeling that they're going to need more 16 rushing performances carry-wise than those games where they had three or four uh, because they really struggled offensively otherwise. And it's difficult. I mean, you know, A.J. looked fine. He looked healthy. That was one of my concerns coming into the game because he, he twisted his ankle last week. Uh, Devontae was 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 typical Devontae. He got Quez Watkins loose a couple times, including the touchdown. Then you had, you know, they're trying to get Jack Stoll involved. They're trying to get Zach Pascal involved, Boston Scott. All of this, it takes a village mentality to replace Dallas Goddard. You can bring 18 of those guys. They're not going to replace Dallas Goddard. So they have to find different ways. And the different way today was Jalen Hurts running the football. Uh, John, I, I, let's talk about the defensive tackle situation a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you have the, the snap numbers. Uh, I, I don't know how many Sue or Joseph got. But it seemed like the rotation was was fairly healthy for them today and, and also uh, how much was it the scheme so was it was it more the fresh bodies was it more the scheme and and how many snaps did those guys actually play in lieu of, of Fletcher Cox um well but Sue plays in lieu of Fletcher Cox for the most part Linball is playing for the most part the the zero or shade technique that Jordan Davis would typically play um and, and Linball played a lot and, and from play one, and he played well. He played effectively. Won't have the snap counts. They, they don't put them out officially until early in the morning, but um, I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised if it was near 35, 40. That, that's how much Linball played. And I talked to him after the game and he said, yeah, my job is to stop the run. If, if it were, if we were up by two touchdowns, I wouldn't have played as much. Um, so that's his job. Sue's the more interesting one because he's going to have the effect on, on, on Fletcher Cox and Javon Harper, even Milton Williams to a degree. But all those guys played. It's interesting, though. I mean, to me, the best player on the defensive line was Linball Joseph, and that's pretty amazing. Coming off the street on Wednesday, and he was dominant for the most part. Hey, John, I don't know if you guys had a chance to talk to Fletcher Cox after the game, but if so, did he did he have anything to say about basically? I mean, they came out of the gate defensively with, with Sue and Joseph on the field, you know, right out of the gate. Did he yeah. have anything to say about his role being reduced in any way, shape, or form? 
No, we, we're not about that. We we talked to Fletcher about that uh, during the week, and 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 Dominic and Sue as well. Uh, Fletcher was actually on board uh, with with Dominic and Sue coming on. One of the things, like Fletcher, doesn't want to play seventy snaps. Right. Nobody wants to play seventy snaps on the defensive line. I do. Now, <laughs> I, 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 I do. I, yeah. I do, John. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're a linebacker, Seth. Linebackers play. Yeah. Uh, the defensive linemen, they want to rotate because they want to be fresh in the fourth quarter uh, and certainly in the new era. But, you know, so Fletch, but to me, see, my problem with that is the Washington game was such an anomaly. It's like you can't have Fletcher Cox playing 70 snaps. Well, no, duh. He never plays 70 snaps. That was the anomaly because of all the things that went wrong in that game. It's not like he consistently plays 70 snaps. So that, in a lot of ways, that part of it's self-correcting. Where I'm interested is if they only have 55, 60 defensive snaps, does somebody start to get a little bit upset because they're not on the field, just like what Seth said, as much as they want to be on the field. See, that, that to me is going to be the more interesting question. See, see John, there, there, therein lies, you know, the problem and the issue for me, okay? For me, you know, you either want to play or you don't want to play. You either get your behind in shape to play however many plays you got to play or you don't because, like, last week, you know, you're, you're, you're in a situation where, you know, he feels like he's played too much, but to your point – if you if you get a limited amount, if the defense is dominating, and all of a sudden you know he only gets fifty percent of sixty plays, that's thirty plays. Now he's pissed because I promise you he's got some incentives and some things that he wants to hit that he's not not on the field for. My thing is, you know, I, I just I hate the way this whole thing is headed. Okay, I get it. The data says the the data analytics and everything. You know, listen, they don't condition anymore. You know, so this whole theory that these guys couldn't walk in off the street and play, you know, wasn't founded in the first place. Because tell me how many practices you've been to that when practice is over, those guys run hundreds, or those guys run 40s, or those guys run gases. They're not in shape. They're in shape from, from what they actually do in practice, you know. And practice is a joke now because they're on the field for an hour and a half and they're done. So I, I, I don't – I don't really understand this whole theory and where they're going with this thing. You know, as a player, I wanted to play, and I wanted to play every down, and I was pissed when I had to give some of my downs to somebody else just, just because I was hurt because that was the only time I was coming out of the game. These guys get paid a hell of a lot more to do a hell of a lot, a hell of a lot less than, than we used to do back in the day, and I don't like the precedent that is, that is being set. Yeah, but it's not It's not like the Eagles said it, Seth. Everybody sort of does this. Defensive line is a rotational position. Um, most teams have one linebacker that doesn't come off the field. Um, or for the Eagles, that's typically T.J. Edwards, mm -hmm. but even he comes off for about four or five, six plays. When they go in right. the dime, even T.J. comes off. Marcus Epps is the one player that plays every single snap. Uh, Chauncey's out there for the most part, but he got banged up uh, a couple of weeks back. So those are the two guys that play every single snap. So there are certain positions that are rotational positions. Defensive line is a rotational position. Um, 
offensive line isn't on the offensive side of the ball, but wide receiver is, running back is, um, obviously quarterback isn't. So there are certain positions that are rotational positions. Defensive line is one of them. They were a rotational team before Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph got here, but it was guys like Milton Williams and Marvin Wilson and Marlon Tui Pelotu getting uh, significant snaps. Now those are going to better players. I get the Eagles' thought process. My only problem is now you have you have seven Pro Bowl players on the defensive line. Now they're not Pro Bowl players now, but they have that on the resume. And Sue's got five. He's got five All Pro nods. Linball's got two. Robert Quinn's got two All Pros. Um, you know about Brandon and Fletcher and, and Javon, the, the players that have been here. Josh Wett made the Pro Bowl last season. Everybody wants to be on the field in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. Everybody can't be on the field when you're only playing four defensive linemen or sometimes Eagles play the odd man fronts, but typically in the fourth quarter, you're playing pass. So it's going to be a four man front. I don't know. I think it could create some issues. Down you know what? You know what makes it exciting though, John? Because if you live by the mode or the, or, or the model of the NFL, the NFL is supposed to be a meritocracy, right? So the best players are going to be on the field at crunch time. So it creates this inner competition as you work and as you produce as the as the weeks go by, you know, the most productive players, in my opinion, are going to be on the field. Listen, Brandon Graham doesn't play a lot of snaps, but that play he made today was huge, okay? Yeah. So now, you know at crunch time when you need a play to happen, I, I don't know who your other defense is. You got Josh Wett and you got Hassan Reddick that are actually starters. But at crunch time, one of them guys are coming off the field and Brandon Graham's going on the field. Okay, so now let the defensive tackles kind of fight it out and figure it out. Who's ever most productive gets the plays. If you're non-productive, you get to stand over next to me and sip on the Gatorade bottle in the most crucial of times. Yeah, and that's how it should be. But then, you know, contracts come into it and, you know, you start hearing, you got to hear from the GM who paid $15 million to assign Reddick to go rush the passer. And he's not going to be on the field in the fourth quarter rushing the passer. That's easier said than done. And by the way, I'm not, Hassan deserves to be on the field in those situations. Um, but uh, you can see how the problems would be created. Um, you know, from a from a strict what you're talking about standpoint, though, said better players. Linball Joseph is better than Marlon Tui Pelotu. Um, and Dominican Sue is better than Milton Williams. So. In theory, the Eagles are better. Hey, John, does Darius Lane uh, uh, say anything about his play? I mean, it seems like his game's been a little off the last couple of games. Um, and, and I don't know if anybody questioned him about it or if he just volunteered what's going on with him in any way, shape, or form. He didn't play a bad game today, but, you know, you go back to the Monday night game and this game, it, it's, it's not what we've grown accustomed to seeing from him this season. No, I well definitely on on Monday night he did not play well uh, against Washington, and he he admitted that he was the first person uh, to admit it. Today he gave up one big pass. They might say, "Oh, that's Darius Slade." That kind of surprised you, but 
Uh, Indianapolis was, as I said, after that first drive, they weren't very effective at all. Um, and, and certainly from a consistent basis, moving the football. And when they did get big plays in the passing game, which were few and far between, it was usually against Josiah Scott. So when you take away that first drive, they had 209 total yards. Yeah. So yeah. the defense, by and large, wasn't the issue today. The offense was, but, hey, they got the win. It's not about style points. Like yeah. I said, the Giants lost. Dallas has already had 23, so, you know, you already have the tiebreaker there. So the Eagles are in a really, really good position to sort of outlast these injuries of, of Jordan Davis and Dallas Goddard and Avante Mannix. And if this team can get to the playoffs with the number one seed and those guys are healthy, then you start to say, wow, this is looking pretty good. John, thank you so much for hanging out and uh, giving us your, your analysis as, uh, every week. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Safe travels, uh, thank man. Thank you, guys. Yep. All right. Uh, before we go to a break, just quickly, because uh, he said something that was uh, really important. This is for Seth's benefit. He said, you said, I like to play 80 plays, and he said, because you were a linebacker. And he's got a point. Those dudes in the middle are pushing up against 325-pound hogs every play. Come on, man. I get it. He said he started naming rotational positions, correct? He said the offensive line is not a rotational position. So if those 300-plus pound guys can play every single offensive snap, and sometimes, especially in today's game, you're talking about 70, 80 snaps. You mean to tell me that, that the guys on the other side can't? Well, in a lot of ways, they're pushing up against 600 pounds because they're getting double teams. Split the damn double team so you don't get 600 pounds <laughs> and all you get is three. He, just, he doesn't give it up, folks. Oh, it's, it's man, I'm not going to give it up, man, because you know what? Listen, if, 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 oh. if these guys wanted to play more, the coaches would not – the coaches would acquiesce to them wanting to play more. I get that you got sports science over there. You got the data analytics, all of those numbers and whatnot. But if Fletcher Cox wanted to play 70 plays, you think they're going to stop him from playing? Man, man, stood up his whole, whole, uh, you know, not have to push up against anybody. Sometimes, see, you know, that's he, where you're wrong. He, he had to make that's, a tackle. That's, that's, I know you I'm, had to fight no, somebody. No, you had to fight an offensive no, lineman who was blocking. Just, don't let me, like, don't, Mike, don't make me go pull up some film, okay? Because I'm just I played, an innocent bystander here. I've played down in the trenches with my hand down as a as a defensive tackle before. I played defensive end before. I played every linebacker position. I even started at safety for four games in Arizona and played some corner in times when we were in man-to-man -man, man, man -man situations. The only position on the defensive side of the ball I haven't played that I can't identify with is the single high deep safety, free safety. Every other position I play. See, I know, I know how to get them. I know. I know. We, we I know how to get him. during the game. He thinks so. I, I, I do this for your all benefit. He thinks so. so. I get him lit up. Uh -huh. I enjoy doing it during the games. I know I'm doing the games on purpose. <laughs> Love to light him up. All right, coming up to drive the game, game balls. Devin's going to be back with us. It is the Pine Hockey Eagles postgame show. We're back after this. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. 
one conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers. Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Score and save this football season on your car insurance. Before the next game, save up to 40% on your auto insurance policy. That's right, 40% savings. Call an Audible this season and contact the Del Val Insurance Group. They're an advocate for you, not an insurance company. That means they'll get you the right coverage and save you up to 40%. Call managing partners Fran or Jim of Del Val Insurance, 215-354-0122. Or score and save at DVIGI.com. DVIGI.com. At Stateside Vodka. Every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back to the Pondley Hockey Post Game Show. I'm Devin Caney. It is time for our Jeff D'Ambrosio Auto Group Drive of the Game. Go JeffAuto.com. Uh, guys, I felt like earlier in the season uh, it was pretty. It was hard to choose a drive because there are so many good ones. Now it's hard because there haven't been too many good ones. There aren't many options here. Uh, so Seth, I'm going to call on you first. What is your drive of the game? And it doesn't have to be an Eagles drive. You could. You could I don't know. Give no, I'm. I think the, the last play of the game, I mean, because it wins the game. The Eagles go 11 plays, 75 yards, ends up, you know, on fourth fourth and goal with Jalen Hurts running the quarterback draw to seal the win by one point. I mean, anything else would be criminal. Oh, okay. Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> I, I, know, I know that you guys are next. Yeah, yeah, and right, I can't, right. I can't, I can't I'm, wait to I'm, hear y'all disagree. That's, why, that's why he volunteered to go first in the break. Because he's like, all right, I'm going to get the one good drive so no one else can use it. So you, you know what? You, got. you know what, Devin? I take pride in being able to annoy him. <laughs> but in this case, I have to agree with him. That was definitely the drive to him. Aided by that, that, that penalty. That was definitely the drive of the game. It's fourth and goal situation. You wonder, what are they going to do? Jalen identified right away that they were going to cover the back end of that, that end zone more so than anything else. He stepped up, took off. Good night, game over. Hey, so, D-Gun. Yes, Mr. Joyner. The way that they won the, the game today is like, um, it's like a golf scorecard. Okay. They don't ask how. All they want to know is That's how right. many. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Here let you me go. tell you something. Yeah. Not only am I going criminal, I'm going smooth criminal on you. Uh oh, okay. Because I'm not going oh, with Michael that drive. Jackson it's like that. You know, I'm, I, I like to think that I'm a little cerebral. So I'm going, like, I see things deeper than y'all. Keyword so, is think. This is why key, Jack Stoll key, got key, Mike Key Keyword key key is think. Hey, he's on a roll. Seth, let <laughs> him go. He's on a roll. I'm going to go with the touchdown that brought them within striking. They weren't doing anything all game long. They're down 13 to 3. And it was a shorter drive. I get it, but it was a big play drive. They, they followed the missed field goal and got them back in the swing of things to get it to 13 to 10. It was the five play drive. And the big play on that was the 23 yard scramble by Jalen to get him in position where they could throw that pass to uh, Quez Watkins for the touchdown. I, I thought that got him back in the flow of things, where they're right there instead of down and out. All right. Wow, okay. See, uh, he does keep, he, he goes deeper, guys. To, deeper. To, I go to, deeper. It's okay. Go to, deep. to each his own. You guys, you guys are like, yeah, I'll just agree with you. I right. want to know. You, you got a poll running for the drive of the game? I don't. I oh. should. See, so. we need to, to settle the, 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 the debate, yeah. we need to have a poll that's yeah. going on. Yeah. During, yes. For, for yes. all things. Well, uh, I, I, Jacob Producers, if you're watching okay. this. Uh, yeah. You can, I don't even know how I'd go about need that. Need a poll, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's flip flip the script a bit. And is there a drive that if you could have back, you would? Like a drive that just kind of makes you – like for me, it's the A.J. Brown catch and then uh, fumble and turn the ball over. I'm um, with you. Thank you. Uh, what about you guys? Deegan, and if you agree, you oh, – I don't know. I'll I, take away your microphone. <laughs> I, I, I think the uh, a very important drive is where the one they kept in the three. And that was following the, the tumultuous fumble exchange where uh, the, Taylor gave it up and then Qua, uh, AJ gave it up. And in that drive, you know, the, the Colts got down there pretty pretty deep. Uh, and it was a big pass play. And, you know, that, that could have been a touchdown to really put the game out of reach. And they, and they held them. Uh, Reddick got the sack on, on Ryan, although he, he face-masked them. But, you know, holding them to that 16-10, 
I mean, that puts him within a, a, a touchdown of winning the game, and that's exactly what happened. So I thought that was really a pivotal stop drive for them. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Did the referee call face masks on Dallas Goddard last week? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They all even out. No, I said, did, did he call it? Oh, no. So it wasn't no face masks on Hassan Reddick I knew exactly where he was going with this. I got to mention it. You know, I can't ignore the fact there was a face mask there. They did. So if they ignored it last week, they ignored it this week, and it ain't no penalty. Hey. No, I agree. This is for all the fans. If they don't when catch they, you, 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 say, ain't I, cheating, I you ain't trying. There you go. The fans that yell and scream, it's funny because I look at social media a lot, and they get crazy when, uh, like, that face mask wasn't called on, on Goddard, right? And I say, relax, because it's all going to even out. They all even out. Every one of these calls evens out eventually, right. Right. and it evened out today. I don't know if that one evens out, though, because Goddard's injured now. Yeah, but, so. the, but you don't he, know that that but, caused the injury. But, but, but well, even, he was fined. Uh, I forget the player. He was fined like $10,000. Yeah. But even if even if they would have thrown the flag, it wouldn't have prevented the injury. He was going to get hurt anyway. Yeah. All, no, if true. they would have thrown the, thrown the flag, it would have gave the Eagles a better chance of potentially winning the game because yeah. that turnover was like the, 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 the nail in the coffin. Yeah, that was a game changer for sure, and it stinks that Dallas Goddard's out. But – Thankfully, not for too, too long. Um, How all about right. the bonehead uh, play of the game? Can we, can we extend that and drive a game and bonehead, bonehead play, play? the game? Well, because yeah, that's thing. what I said. Think I said the A.J. E Brown fumble today. Yeah, but the Zaire Franklin pass interference is the bonehead play of the game. Just think about yeah. what Eagle fans would have said had that been an Eagle corner. Oh, my gosh. Right? Oh, what my would the reaction have been? Yeah. yeah, no, that, especially after the you know what? I don't, game. I'm, I'm not there. so sure if they don't get that P.I., if the Eagles win the game, to be honest, the way their offense was sputtering today, yeah. if they don't get that big play, I don't know if they win this game today, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Great. Hey, listen, Monster play. The, the guy was making a play that he thought was the smartest play because he had no idea where the ball was. For all he knew, the ball was 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 right in, in, in Miles Sanders' wheel, you know, wheel box, if you will. You know, So he made the play. He made a business decision, let me interfere with this guy. Yeah. At least where we are, we got a chance to stop him again. But if I don't do this, it's a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm sorry. I'm shocked at you letting him off the hook like that. I know. He's I'm not letting him off the hook. Really? That's out here defending. Hey, listen. It's, 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 it, must be, it must be holiday season. Why would <laughs> I, I can't I can't let a guy off the hook that I'm happy that he made the, made the play. How am I letting him off the hook, Mike? Let him off the hook. You said, well, you know, he made the play. He thought it was really bad. Hey, listen, I'm just trying to get you to see it from every perspective. Sometimes, you know, we look at these things and we're very judgmental, very judgmental about it without really looking – without taking over his body. Without really looking deeper at it. Not me. I'm very, I'm very complimentary every chance I get. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> – I have one more boneheaded drive of the game from the Eagles, and that was, I, I don't know if you guys have touched on it too, too much throughout the show, the, the three consecutive penalties that happened in the first oh half. Oh, my goodness. That, I, oh did, my goodness. I think that did amount in points, though, but a field goal. They went for three on that one, I believe. They, they were moving the ball well. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, three consecutive penalties. They got to, to the Colts 35. Yeah. So it was, the, it was Kelsey, legal man downfield. It was the Dickerson hold. And then Tyree Jackson, the pass interference. Yeah. Yeah. From the Colts 35 all the way back to their own yep. 40. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're the first in 35. <laughs> yeah. I got one better than that. Oh. Oh, they get to uh, th they were in third and goal from the two. Jason Kelsey hikes the ball over his head. Yes. All of a sudden. Yeah. 
There were, okay, so now that we're discussing it, there were many boneheaded plays that happened in today's game. Uh, so the Eagles are lucky that they somehow managed to win by, by one over the Colts. Yep. Um, but you know what? A win is a win. Um, okay. I think that does it for our drive of the game. Guys, any last final thoughts? Because our game balls are coming up on the other side of this break. My final thought was that my drive of the game was more cerebral than theirs. <laughs> man, I mean, I can't, what, I can't what's in that bottle you're drinking over there, man? Cue the music. <laughs> what's in that bottle? Just go ahead and cue the music. <laughs> Take it to break. All right. Uh, <laughs> coming up after the break, game balls. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. Continue your communication sciences and disorders education at South University within the Doctor of Audiology or Masters of Science in Speech-Language Pathology programs. With state-of-the-art labs, on-campus clinics, and extensive externship opportunities, students position themselves to be at the top of the job market. Stand out in the audiology and speech-language pathology profession by visiting salus.edu. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Welcome back to the Pond the Hockey post-game show. It is time for Game Balls presented by Colony Pools, flywithcolony.com. Uh, Derek Gunn, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Who gets your game ball today? Oh, I'm giving it to Jalen Hurts. Uh, 16 carries, 86 yards, and the defining moment as he walked it in from seven yards out. Um, the, the, the Colts defense did a good job of trying to take away a lot of things that the Eagles offense wanted to do. They finally made the necessary adjustments in the fourth quarter. No more defining than that last drive to seal the win. Jalen used all of his athleticism to get the job done. He gets a game ball today. You know, I thought that this was going to be a big game for Jalen Hurts. I mean, every game is a big game for Jalen Hurts. But finally, given the opportunity to lead his team back after facing the adversity that everyone said that they wanted him right. and the Eagles to face, uh, and it's huge for him. He, he not only got them the win, but brought them back from behind, which is something we haven't seen him do that much this right, season. Right. So, no question. Uh, yeah. I agree with your game ball. Mike, what about yeah, you? Yeah, there's, there's no other uh, uh, player that even comes close. 190 yards, passing 7.6 average. He get sacked a couple times, but his rating was 107.1. And, and uh, 16 carries for 86, I mean, uh, along a 23. That, that's a big-time game. It, he took over the game in the fourth quarter, which is one, what you, you want your quarterback to be capable of. Put in his hands, he brings you a win. We're, we've been clamoring for that for a really long time, and, and he did it to Are we all simpatico on uh, Jalen Hurts here? No. Oh, oh, here we an, go. An immediate no from no. Seth Joyner. Okay. Always got to be difficult. <laughs> This offense really should have dominated this football game from the offensive perspective. The thing that we went into this game most fearful of is whether we could control Jonathan Taylor and whether we could stop this offense, okay? Everybody clamored all week long. Oh, you know, Linville Joseph just got here. Oh, Sue just got here on Thursday. No way, you know, you can put him out there and play. They both play significant roles and trying to, you know, get this run game under control and ease our minds as far as, you know, what we would do from a run standpoint. Right. So my game ball goes to just cut it in half. I'm giving half to Linville Joseph. I'm giving the other half to Ndamukong Sue. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, honestly, right. like, I, that's I why, agree with you. I agree with you. That, that's why you go last. <laughs> 
Wait a minute. You okay. just agree with me. Now you're going to agree with me. You well, can't no, agree no, with no. both. Well, I can because I don't, I don't have to choose just one person. <laughs> she don't have a game ball to give. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold so on. I do Hold think on. Here you go. Now you have a game ball. Oh, thank you. Okay. Who are you giving yours to? So... I do. I like. I said. I. I like that we saw Jalen Hurts lead this team back from behind to get the win. Um, showed you know what a true leader he is once again. I, I also thought Nick Sirianni did a pretty good job. He's not calling the plays for offense, um, so I don't want to take anything away from him. That I loved his passion. We saw him yelling at Eagles fans after the game, uh, and then in the postgame presser, he did. Uh, apparently, reportedly, got a little choked up and say, you know, it was kind of for Frank Reich. They had a good relationship. This is almost like a revenge game in a way for, for Nick Sirianni. But I did have an honorable mention, and that was Sue and Linval Joseph, because I didn't even know if both of them were going to play today. I thought maybe Joseph was the more likely option. Right. Sue's been on the team for like two days. Yeah. I don't even think he knows the playbook. I, he probably doesn't even know all of his teammates' names yet. And they both came in there and, and made a massive impact. Yeah. When you're play, when you play the defensive on the defensive line, you got maybe you got an under, an over, an even front, and an odd front. Mm. Defensive linemen don't need to know what's going on behind them. Yeah, no, that's true. All they that's need to true. do is understand which technique they're in. Okay, that's why I said it was a no-brainer. Everybody kept, oh, he's going to pull a hamstring. They don't run fast enough to pull a hamstring. All I need them to do is get down in the three-point stance and plug up a hole, take on a double team, and 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 hold and hold and hold the point. You understand what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, you know, it was just it didn't make any sense that these guys couldn't just walk in, step on the field and play. You know, Mike, I talked about it in, in the pregame. One of my best years. I held out to the Wednesday before the first regular season game. Came in, I was fresh, healthy, in great shape. One of the best seasons I ever had. You're Superman. No, I'm not Superman. Well, you were probably working out hard. You know, you're taking care of business. And listen, once you understand what you need to understand and you get yourself in tip-top shape, you know, for a lot of the veterans, training camp and all that stuff sometimes can be over overkill and unnecessary. Yeah. great. How come we only have three game balls, by the way? Yeah, we got to talk there, to management about there, getting a fourth there, game ball here. Is, is, there a bud, fair. is there a budget problem? <laughs> In terms of equal opportunities, we should have four out Seth, here. Seth, why, why don't three. you like restructure your contracts so when we get under the salary cap yeah, so we Seth. can afford another ball? <laughs> hey, listen, um, I'll just – why don't I just give Dev my ball? I already did give him I, I have I, a, Yeah, D-Guy gave me his ball. Guys, gave mine, first of all, so I, I, I have an imaginary game ball up here. I, I we, am fine a, having my imaginary game Can we get an answer from the bosses? Ball. Why only three? What could carry in four? What? I appreciate the support, and I thought yeah. it took until week 11 for uh, for me to finally get a game you got to be more so assertive you. and make demands. Oh, excuse me. Yes, you need to be more assertive and make demands of equal opportunity up here. All I right. Y'all need to stop, man. I, I, I tried what? to give Dev a game ball, my game ball. She was like, oh, that's your game ball. I can't take your – like weeks ago. <laughs> Well, nice now I have well, one. We'll fix that for next week. If she wanted a game ball, she would have had a game ball a well, long time ago. Yeah. Look, guys, you she don't get to wear diamonds every week, and I oh, do. Oh, good point. So yeah. oh, it, it all point. comes out in the wash. It's I get fine. to wear them, though. Good point. You do. I'm, I'm you wearing do get cubic to wear zirconia, so I, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Um, all right. I guess uh, to, to wrap up this segment, is there anyone you're taking a game ball away from, as we've done in recent weeks? Taking a game ball away from. Wow. That's a perplexing question. Yeah, it is. I'm taking, wow. it, I'm taking it away from Zaire Franklin. 
if, 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 if you he, really if, hated if, that guy. Uh, I mean, come on. If, if he was in the running for one, that is, I would take it. If away. he doesn't make that play, Colts might win that game. So really, we should be giving him. If I understand, yes, I agree. I agree. If if and butts was candy and nuts, oh, we'd all have a merry Christmas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I, can't, so, I can't think of one. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. good. Let's see. Good? Yep, we're good. All right. Those are our game balls presented by Colony Pools. Fly with Colony.com. Uh, stick around. We will wrap up the Pop the Hockey postgame show coming up after this break. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim Gardner is an icon. A Philadelphia treasure. He's a mentor, a pace setter. Jim is my North Star. Trusted, revered, appreciated. He is Action News. He's compassionate, honest, and fair. He is extremely dedicated, motivated, and always seeking the truth. He's also funny. We are a team of many. Jim Gardner is our leader, and we're lucky to have him. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Celebrating the life of your loved one is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. When the matriarch of the Dalloway family died suddenly at 82 years old, Life Celebrations by Givenish stepped in. They will make this the easiest thing that you, it's, I know it's not easy, but it, they will make this as easy as possible. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. I, I just know that my dad, who is in charge of everything, was it was not in charge of anything at that point when, when my mom passed. And uh, uh, again, just another uh, 
shout out to this place for, for making it easy. Turning tragedy into a celebration of life, no matter how hard, is what we do at Life Celebrations by Givenish. Life Celebrations by Givenish, customizing services as unique as the individual. Since 1977 at Rafferty Subaru, we have always been about our customers and the community. Early on, a safe and durable option, we've evolved to become the best overall brand according to Kelly Blue Book. Over the last 14 years, we've donated thousands of dollars through the Subaru Share the Love event and found homes for hundreds of pets. The Rafferty family is proud of our 45 years in business. This month, celebrate our anniversary with special financing on select models. Visit us and see why. And welcome back to the Pond Hockey Eagles postgame show. I'm Mike Missinelli with Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney. Uh, Eagles win today uh, by a point, 17-16 to 16 on a, a touchdown run, a quarterback draw by Jalen Hurts, who took the game in his own hands and uh, rescued this team, really. And they go now to, to uh, uh, a tidy 9-1. And, and next week... Here come the Packers. Now this. What does a, a tidy nine and one mean? Well, a tidy nine and one means they're pretty efficient okay. and, and, right. and clean. Okay. It looks good. Uh, yeah. So uh, the Packers were a game that we looked at the schedule and said, okay, yeah. that could be a problem spot. However, I mean, this season it has gone really to to the dumpster. The four and seven, right. they would almost have to win like five of their final six to get in the playoff contention. That's so, not going to happen. But let's look at what they are. I mean, they, they, they had a resurgence of running back until last week, and Darren Jones only had 40 yards last week. He's usually a, a little bit of a problem. They're receiving court. When Randall Cobb, who's 100 years old, is your top receiver, you got some problems here. Now, Christian Watson has come along to be a big play guy, but what are the Packers and what are the Eagles facing in this game? And mind you, they're, they're a very rested team. Exactly. Um, we don't know which Aaron Rodgers is going to show up next Sunday night. Will it be the Aaron Rodgers who torched Dallas less than two weeks ago, or will it be the Aaron Rodgers who missed wide-open receivers last Thursday night against Tennessee? We've seen Aaron Rodgers miss a lot of receivers wide open running across the middle of the field all season long. So we don't know. It could be a blowout. Aaron Rodgers may make it interesting, but the one thing we do know the Eagles can run against this Green Bay defense. Green Bay gives up over 140 yards a game running the football. Now, they did a good job holding uh, Derrick Henry to like 86 yards rushing. But for the most part, Green Bay's defense has been giving up chunks of real estate to opposing offenses. The Eagles offense, it could be a get-well game for the Eagles offense against Green Bay. Yeah, and Tannehill threw for 333 yards hey, last week. He was zinging last, it. Last Thursday. He was in a resurgence yeah. that kind of came out of nowhere. So, uh, I, I, you know, I look at this game and I go, he's, the quarterback is always dangerous. But, like, their weapons are not at this point right. of the season. Right. So, Seth, what do you feel? You know, I think the Cowboys are going to come into this game and do the same thing everybody else has done for the last three weeks. They're going to come in and try to run the football with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and figure out whether they can control the line of scrimmage in order to get Aaron Rodgers comfortable enough to be able to get to, you know, the, the passing game via play-action pass. Um, you know, I'm sitting here looking at these numbers. Um, you know, 
The, the Green Bay Packers have not been a very good defense over the years. I think that's part of the reason why, you know, they've struggled, you know, over the years to kind of get over the hump and get back to another Super Bowl. Also, their special teams hasn't been that good either. That was their Achilles heel last year in the, in, in the playoffs that really, really cost them big time. Um, this really is a game that the Eagles should, you know, feel comfortable about. Even though you got Aaron Rodgers coming in, you just don't know which Aaron Rodgers you're going to get. Um, I think we can all feel a level of comfortability that we've solved the running issue, you know, through the five-man line. Now, can we deal with Christian Watson? Because the last couple of weeks, he has just been on fire. I mean, it seems like this young kid has got it. You know, I loved him coming out of college. He had a rough start. But Aaron, he seems to be with dubs down. It seems to be that Christian, Rod, Christian Watson, you know, is Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy. He's a 4-3 guy. He can flat-out fly. Um, and our cornerbacks haven't played all that stellar lately. So it, it, it kind of it leads itself, Mike, if you will, to another one of those games where Jonathan Gannon is going to play really passive and Aaron Rodgers is going to take what you give him. And if they can just move the ball down the field and not have to take shots down the field where you're going to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, it could be a long night. It could be a long night. I think Aaron Rodgers, the way he's playing this season, does not concern me too much. Christian Watson does, and some of his offensive weapons do. What concerns me is that he's coming off a bad loss, and we saw that when he went into Dallas and played the Cowboys and brought his team back from a 14-point deficit. So we just don't want him to come in next Sunday night and be that hungry Rodgers because he knows that at this point his job is kind of on the line with each game because he just seems completely disinterested and not like the Aaron Rodgers of seasons past. Devin, they're paying that man $50 million a year. Well, I'm hearing rumors that Jordan Love, I'm hearing rumors that are people <laughs> yeah. calling for Jordan Love yeah, to be No, I get it. Yeah. I get it. But if you want to see it go from, from bad to, like, worser real <laughs> real quick, go ahead and put Jordan Love in. That man got $150 million guaranteed. I wish my life job was on the line for $150 million guaranteed. <laughs> Well, that, maybe that's why he seems so Man. disinterested with his. What do you think uh, the betting line on this game will be next week? Ten Home game for the Eagles. I'm thinking seven, eight. Well, let's see. Eagles have struggled offensively the last couple of games. Six turnovers, six turnovers in the last two games. We don't know which Green Bay team is going to show. I, you're right. You could be seven, seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. seven, yeah. eight, somewhere yeah. in that I line. I think it's going to be lower than that. I really, really? do. Yeah, yeah. I, I do because I think they overshot the mark last week thinking that the Eagles are going to bounce back in a major way yeah. because of the yeah. loss to Washington. And they set the line. I mean, I think it ended up at like, you know, um, six and a half points. You know, I, I, I think the line is going to be – and, I you know, we talked about it in pregame. I said, I don't think that this game is going to be a high-scoring game. I think the Eagles are going to struggle in all phases of the game. They'll win the game, but they'll win it 20, 21 to 20. They won it 17 to 16. You know, so I, I just I don't see the continuity yet. You know, but this but this can be a game for the Eagles where offensively they can get well in a hurry. Yeah. Because they're not a very good football team on the defensive just, side uh, of the ball. No. I just saw it. Six and a half. Already? The early line? The early line is okay. six and a half. I take the Packers in the six and a half right now. You would? Yeah. I take it right now. Because it ain't gonna do nothing but go down as the week goes on. I promise you to go down. Let's see. Green Bay's well rested. Eagles coming off a game today. 
No major injuries from today. They picked up some bodies to help defend against the run. Wow, you know what? Yeah, that, that, I'm, I think the yeah. line's going to stay right where it's it is. It's now seven. You got, you got $100, man, I'll go it's to now the window. Seven. So, seven is the final line. Why you want to take my yeah, money, right man? Right now. I'm, I'm poor. Why I don't, you want to take my money? Because I don't bet. What? Because I don't bet. I don't bet. either. I got too many miles to feed, man. Are you taking it at seven? Huh? You going to take seven? I'll take That's the, what I'll, it is. The number is seven now. I'll take the Packers at seven. The best line you can get is the line that comes out on Sunday night. Uh -huh. the, the, the longer, the longer, the, the the more the week progresses, you know, then you get the injuries and all these other things that factors in. And if you don't think that Vegas has got some insights into something, man, just you just keep watching it, you know, week after week after week, all the bad beats. And you know, like the Eagles game last week, that, that last touchdown, I mean, you know how many people lost their behind on that last oh, yes. touchdown? Oh, my goodness, oh, yes. man. Yeah, could, could they possibly lose this game? No, they're not losing. They're not going to upset. They're not going to get upset. No. All right. Okay. Unless Aaron turns turns back into like, you know, the Aaron of way way old yeah. and all yeah. these all these, you know, AYOs. You remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. What what do AYO stand for? AYO is uh, 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 all you you others. There you go. Yeah, all, all, all you others. All all them others that he's huh? playing with. All of a sudden they turn into, yeah. you know. <laughs> The great, the great, the great wide receiver he's had in the past. Let me ask you this, Mr. Blitz: Do you do you blitz Aaron Rodgers yeah. next week? Well, listen. If if I'm if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm always going to have some pressures mixed into my package because I just don't think you can play football, defensive football, in the National Football League and be successful without applying pressure. There's times where every quarterback, where a defensive football team has to come after every quarterback. I don't care whether it's Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady. I don't care who it is. Now, the key is you got to figure out, you got to come up with, with a good way to disguise it. The problem with the Eagles, they don't disguise a lot. You know, you can see when they're coming. It's just as... It's just as clear as, you know, the sunrise, you know, in, in the morning. You know that they're coming. So now, if they could get to a point where they could disguise what they're doing and kind of catch them by surprise, yeah, I mean, that'll work, especially this week because the Eagles have got to be one of the, the, the least blitzing teams in the NFL. T -t -today, today, I think they blitz maybe five or six times, but I don't know where they rank, you know, in the order of, you know, percentage-wise, how much they blitz. So this would be a great chance to kind of catch him off guard, off balance early in the game. You're not going to fool Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you can. You can't fool him. You don't fool those quarterbacks. Bill Belichick fooled the hell out of Tom Brady last year. You don't fool those quarterbacks, man. You just, if your back end is covering, you got nowhere to go. You have two options. Throw the ball away, depending on down and distance. Throw the ball away, or you're going to eat it. I get it. Yeah. But, but the... the the key to being a good blitzing team right, right. is scheme and disguise, okay? And if having you, a backside matchup. The advantage on the backside matchup and the passing down. No, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Listen, there's no doubt about it. But teams don't blitz those quarterbacks because they're so afraid of them. True. They are cerebral. True. They can look at the defense and decipher what you're doing. Right. But right. you know what? If I want to come after you, I can line up and cover three. I can line up and cover two. Like, let me give you this, let me, let me give you this, this case in point. Why is it that they take the wide receiver in the slot and they motion them in and they motion them out? What are they trying to decipher? 
linebacker play? They're trying to decipher whether you're in man or whether you're in zone, right? So when they send that guy across and that guy goes running with him, the quarterback knows right now, oh, they're in man coverage, okay? Whatever happens, why wouldn't you just stay in zone coverage but send that guy across with him and have him and the guy on the other side swap zone responsibility? Well, we'll see what happens next week. Now, don't forget that uh, Green Bay's back back end is fortified by Rudy Ford and Russell Douglas. So I just wanted to throw that in there. A couple, couple ex-Eagles. Uh, that'll do it for the uh, Final Hockey Eagles postgame show. Eagles win in Indianapolis, and uh, they go 9-1. Uh, and one. So we're back next week, uh, Sunday night action with uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, for uh, – Derek Gunn, Seth Joyner, Devin Caney, I'm Mike Misnelli. Have a great rest of the day. If you're listening to the show uh, next week, uh, during the week, uh, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, you can see it on 6abc.com and also the Jacob Media Sports Channel on YouTube. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story and action search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Go for the beers, go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens. Go for the gallery, go for the win. Go to Ocean. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.